The Force is back. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast, hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Stephen B. Danley. The spooky Supreme Master gets to shine in this spooky month as Spooky Sky and Spooky Steve talk about the Emperor, the Bald Emperor, Basement Bounty Hunters, Micro Emperors, before being joined by Spooky Duncan Jenkins for some truly spooky Duncan items. Then, Spooky Ben Sheen and Spooky Matthias Randall talk about the adventure of publishing their new book Wampa, on Vintage Production, The Chromalin Strikes Spooky. <laughs> yes, welcome to Kivecast 110. I believe you mean yes. Uh, oh, Steve, I didn't even know the Emperor was going to be this month's character until I, I, like two days ago when you sent an email out to everybody. And I am so excited. I, I think I'm more excited than when I was when we did Chewbacca because that was just too overwhelming. Uh, so yeah. if, if you don't know, we're going to be talking about the Emperor on this episode. Um, and since around 2000 and maybe seven. It's been my sort of secondary focus has been Emperor collectibles. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And vintage only, though, right, Sky? You're not doing so much of the modern stuff with No, the no, I, I do modern do. stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, I oh, do. Okay. I mean, I was picking up modern first shots whenever I found them. Yeah. Uh, kind of, I have, like, a pretty good collection of them, sort of, of, of Emperor and Sidious and all that. Um, okay. And we'll, we'll definitely get into why throughout the episodes. I am just about as excited as you can get. Um, it's funny because, you know, this is political season. This is the last episode uh, before the yeah. Emperor, uh, the recount, and the Civil War. Um, so that's pretty it's fun. Also because... It's also October, and we have a ghoul that we're talking about, basically. It's it's good timing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 exciting because, you know, like, we're we're potentially going to see, you know, like, turmoil in the Senate. Um, and and it's, it's very fitting that we're talking about the Emperor here. But really, Steve, there's one election that matters more than anything. And people aren't talking about this enough, but I saw a yard sign, and I know that we can be divisive sometimes, Steve, but this is one one election <laughs> that will tie us all together. Yes. The New York Supreme Court Justice, there is a candidate whose name is Gargan. G-A-R-G-A-N. <laughs> and oh, that is all you need to know. That is the most important thing. The second the election is over, I'm driving out to Brighton, New York, and picking up the signs that I found on the side of the road. I'm going to get two, one for myself and one for Yehuda. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just beautiful. Just uh, the idea of having the six-breasted, uh, like, you know, palace <laughs> dancer, I, really, it's about as good as a candidate as you're going to get. I think so, you know, given, given these days, yeah, you know, why not? But I'm, I am, uh, I am, I'm going to actually move the microphone, which is going to sound terrible for everybody. But now that I'm announcing it, you aren't going to mind it too much. Uh, I am sitting unusually in my emperor chair. Yeah, uh, I figured I was going to say, how's the, the chair feeling? I figured you, you, you had to be sitting in it for this one. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I have like a little assemblage of different emperor items that I want to talk about while I'm here. Like I have a tri-logo. Oh, I have a, a Brazilian bootleg that I think is fake. Uh, I have a Burger King cup. I have a basement bounty hunter four up that I know is fake. I have yep. a, a COA uh, from Tom Nyheisel. And then, of course, I got my little Sigma uh, picture here. I mean, a oh, Sigma yeah. statue. So I've, I've kind of got yes. it all here, and I'm, I'm really. But I'm, 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 you've done all the work, Steve. We have so much going on. 
we're going to be we've been doing this lately where even though we have less time than usual we've been making longer episodes yeah yeah but it's it helps that we break it out into two sessions i think I don't, it wouldn't be possible like i i we used to do episodes this packed and this long in one night and i i'm kind of I can't believe that, you know, yeah, if you it, think about it. It's a young man's game, Steve. It really is. It is, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, when I so, sent the, the outline to you, like, late, I think, last night, all I could think of was uh, the Emperor's really cheesy kind of exhale as he just, like, blasts Sam Jackson out that window. Oh, just yeah. like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be we're gonna be talking to some old favorites. You know, we're going to have Ron on. We're going to have Duncan on. We're going to have uh, Matthias. Uh, and and we're also gonna have some new favorites on uh, Justin Haney uh, and uh, Jason TK. I don't even know if he has a last name. Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, so we're, we're gonna have like a nice mixture of old and new uh, while talking about Mister Old Man himself. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, Steve. I have so much to say about the Emperor uh, and why I collect him and all that. So maybe maybe you should start because I'm obviously just gonna you know I'm just gonna bloviate. Oh. Yeah, I'll I'll lead off and you can you can take us home. <laughs> um, I, I'm well. I'll say for the figure, I I still don't know if they've ever really gotten the emperor right in terms of an action figure. And I know that may, may be blasphemy, but I remember thinking when I I came across the figure as a kid that I I wasn't all that impressed by him. Um, but I was really glad that he existed. Like I I needed an emperor, so I was excited to discover that they did make one. But then I'm like, he looks. Uh, something's not totally right with this guy, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's the, the the robes. I felt maybe needed to be darker in color or, or something. Right, but, because um, his robes. Let's just face it; they're gray. He's yeah. And I, and I wonder if there's is there. I mean, I've done a little bit of research. Is there any reason why they're gray and not black? I I don't know. Yeah, I mean they're they're almost the same color as what they went with with the the Anakin figure. It seems like it feels like anyway, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I would have thought that they would gone they would have gone with black, but maybe there there is some logistical reason. Uh, who knows? I'm not you see, sure. I'm I, I'm I'm partial to the figure because as a kid whose parents threw away all the guns the second that the toys came with, and <laughs> then you, you got to keep the cane. Well, no, I just lost everything. Oh. So, okay. um, but any character, any toy that does really well without accessories or or capes or cloaks or whatever is a good toy yeah. to me. And I'll, the emperor is a spectacularly like self-contained thing, you know. Like it he's is. always got his hood on. Um, it's great because I, he doesn't really. And sorry if you hear yelling. My son's playing Among Us downstairs. Uh, if you know, <laughs> do you know that video game, Steve? I don't, but uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, his, that's just because you're, you're too rage. old. It's this game where like you're like an alien, and no, you're a you're on a spaceship, and one of you is an alien, and you have to figure out who it is. I only go into detail because that's what we're going for for Halloween. Um, and anybody who has kids is like, oh yeah, I know Among Us. Um, so like the, the, there's like something where the emperor is sometimes like, it's like he's either the devil or he's death. And there's something yeah. about the emperor yeah. in this figure where he's just very much death. And it's, yes. it's weird because it's so similar to the Mattel toy from Clash of the Titans of Charon who's like the, the guy who gets you across the river Styx. Um, ah, and that okay. was, you know, that was years earlier. <laughs> oh, crap, Steve. I say I do research, but I forget if it's early. <laughs> Clash of the Titans had to be 1980, right? Or is it 84? Uh, 
I think because that's a movie uh, that I saw way. No, it's eighty one. Yeah, Clash of Titans. I think the was movie 81. the movie was definitely pre pre Jedi. I don't know yeah. about the yeah yeah that's that's right. You put them together and they have kind of like the way Bigfoot looks like Chewbacca. Like they have that kind right. of hereditary uh, relationship. So <laughs> they, I, they share I, some some DNA of some kind. <laughs> yeah, so I I've never had any problem with the toy itself, especially the the the, the yellow eyes. Oh, the um, eyes are great. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't that emphasized on the actual character, right? Like on the actual, in the movie, his yellow eyes aren't prominent, right? I feel like that. I feel like that got as as movies went on and as time went on, that just got amplified. But I think it's a lot more subtle in Return of the Jedi for sure. Yeah, and so you know, so I don't have a problem with the toy, and I think that the card back, it's one of the rare instances of a card back that completely nails it. It's oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's iconic while also not being generic, you know? So mm-hmm. to, like, it seems like you have a choice. You can either have it be, like, the wrong shot at the wrong time, like the... I think Luke Skywalker Bespin is a good example. Like the walking photo is just like Kenner didn't know what they were doing and they were like, ah, I don't know. And then the gunner photo where he's pointing at the camera, it's a little bit too staged. It's a little bit yeah. too um so there there's something about this this the the action of the emperor raising his finger and you know that's that's the action. Like that's the power of the emperor. It's not the lightning. It's the it's the raising of the hand in front of the spider web and, and talking yes. to you and, and it's the it's the seduction that he's able to, to pull off. Ab- absolutely yeah I, the, the card back i i totally agree with you it, it's a standout um it's it's a classic although i mean to, to get back to the seduction thing it has always <laughs> bothered me how bad he is at seducing luke skywalker <laughs> because every time he has him on the hook he says something like i always wonder is he intentionally messing up the seduction does he actually want luke to go to the dark side because look at him and be like yes good you feel powerful and then you'll kill your friends. Well, no, I don't want to do this. Good, you feel it. Then you'll be just like him. Oh, I don't want, the, you know, anyways. Yeah, he's always a little over over the top. He always has been, um, but. <laughs> and and so, you know, when I'm when I'm sort of thinking about, you know, how do I how do I want to approach this? And, and I don't want to, you know, dominate too much because we're going to be talking a lot about the character. And we already established in the last episode that Wicket is the best character in all of Star Wars. <laughs> right. But I think coming in a close second might be the Emperor. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when I think about why was it that I really started to collect the Emperor, I've had this sort of weird sense. Now, I've already mentioned Yehuda once, and Yehuda is the best person to follow in terms of what does he collect, because he's always, like, five years ahead of the game. Yes. Um, yeah. I always think I'm five years ahead of the game. And so, since around 2006... I have been certain that the Emperor is the next Fett. Like, I've just known that even though this is a considered to be a tertiary character at best, right? Like, you know, AT-AT uh, driver is more valuable than an Emperor character, right? Like, there's, even in Jedi, there's, like, many, many characters who are way more valuable and way more desired than the Emperor. And because i loved the prequels right like i love them unabashedly because i think the prequels are great and that time will judge you very poorly for disliking this the prequels um i mean you particularly steve i mean people in general but um (laughs) actually you know what steve i'm gonna even go on another because it's a gargan largan episode it's not really (laughs) 
But the other day, you know, my, my son is, is very interested in politics. You know, he's 14 years old, despite the fact you can hear him screaming about aliens and imposters. Uh, you know, he does model UN and he won an award and like, yeah, when... he's a, he's an articulate speaker. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> and, and he's yeah. passionate. And like, he talks to me every day about what's going on in Armenia and Azerbaijan. And like, he's really interested in it. And, you know, he, whenever we have free time, he just wants to watch Frontline about like the, the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt and stuff. Like, that's what he's really like. And I was talking about, it. I'm like, well, you know, what's the deal with this? He's like, dad, it's because of the prequels. <laughs> that's why I got interested in politics because it's it made it made it made it so cool and so interesting and so fun so anyway all you prequel haters <sighs> the next Just generation say, go with Jimmy Smith's the debate is not over I don't know man but yeah, that's <laughs> uh, Steve that's that's why I always all will always like you better <laughs> Because of your ability to say, <laughs> but but when we, when we look at like the strength of the prequels, you know, all of the coolest parts of the prequels are about the emperor, right? Like, for yeah. the, for people who like the prequels for themselves, okay? Because the problem with the prequels and why people don't like them is that they want to like them because of old Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. then they got the sequels, and then they got mad at them because they brought them the old Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like. People who are watching the prequels and go, oh, the best thing is seeing young Obi-Wan because he's like old Obi-Wan because he says hello there, but his beard is like a little <laughs> bit less white. Oh, that's such good story writing. But if you're looking at it from, a, from like an appreciative point, so much of what Lucas is trying to do is describe the destruction of democracy and the yeah. fall of democracy and the way that it happens and the insidious forces that destroy you know, liberty in a society. And it yeah. all goes through the emperor, and he's the he's the the motor behind everything. He's the bad guy behind everything. Plus, he is the best actor in the entire series, Alec Guinness included. Just all the way throughout, he just completely nails it. Even in episode nine, you know, even episode nine, he's fine, right? He doesn't have much yeah. to do. No, but, but but he's just and and it's. He's able to be such a good actor while being so campy half the time. That's I think that's that's where I struggle is like and I don't blame him at all. I that I, I look more to Lucas when when the camp to me, like I feel like the original Return of the Jedi Emperor, it's a that's a singular performance that it's they've tried to recreate it. They tried to match it. It never will be. And it's not anything against Ian McDiarmid. But I, I don't know. I, I, I I've come to now just you know, embrace the, yeah, you know, or the, yeah, all that. Like, I, I'm just trying to, like, let that go. Because I realize, like, that's what George Lucas is telling him to do. He's just, you know, he's he's doing what he's what he's meant to do. Um, not that I necessarily bought it, but I can appreciate it in a different way now. I'll say that. Right. And, and I would say that in both of the sequels, both of the trilogies that matter, you know, the original and the prequel, you know, the ones that matter the most, you know, in the original trilogy, I think that there's a kind of a bias towards like what is the best scene in all of the series. And yeah. everybody always goes to I am your father scene. I would make an argument that that is stupid because <laughs> the, the strength of that scene is in shock and in surprise. But the shock itself and the surprise is kind of superficial. It's sort yeah. of like, yeah. oh, the guy in there, I guess he looks like Mark Hamill. Oh boy, like, but it, it's, it is shocking and it's a great scene, but 
the the throne room scene is absolutely the emotional heart of the entire story. Plus, it's sort of the the heart of the action at the same time. Like it does what Lucas is so good yeah. at doing of being sort of everything all at once. And when you look at that scene, okay, you got Luke Skywalker, the most important, most collected character in all of Star Wars. You have Darth Vader, the most collected, mm-hmm. most important character of all Star Wars. And then who else you got there? <laughs> right? And, and the it's, one tying it all together. <laughs> it just seems amazing to me that somehow the Emperor never was collected and still isn't considered to be a step above Logray or a step above... Maydine. Like, truly, right. he hasn't been. It's like, Klaatu, Emperor, basically the same thing. And and my theory has always been, well, that's going to change. Once these prequel kids grow up, and they and they, they learn that, of course, what is everybody's favorite scene in the prequels? Not you, Xer. Uh, the double lightsabers is cool, because it's like a <laughs> lightsaber, but it's like double? Okay, not you. Okay, I know, I see you out there. I'm not talking to you, the person who's listening to this. I'm talking to the person who's not listening to this. The best scene in the prequel trilogy is the opera scene and the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. And once again, who's at the center of it? It's the same seduction. It's the same guy. He's the best part of both trilogies. In a, not, not, he's not the best part of the original trilogy, but he, he's in that scene in both trilogies. Yeah. Yes. You mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, yeah. so that's just made me convinced that people way, way, way undervalue the emperor and that, that you should just be, I, I guess someone just caught my son. If you heard him yell there, <laughs> I guess he was the imposter. Um, like, I really think that it's just going to be a line going straight up with emperor collectibles. And I have seen it. I have seen the desire for the emperor collectibles go up since I started collecting them in 2006, whenever it was. Um, I did name my collection, Steve. Oh yeah, this I, I knew we were going to get to this at some point, but um, but we're going to get the origin story of of this this name. <laughs> Dude, so okay, there was a there was a Dustin Hoffman movie. Okay, yeah, it was like Dustin Hoffman, Natalie Portman. Is that right? I don't I know. Like... Uh, I have to look it up now. Um, <laughs> I yeah. didn't actually I didn't actually see it. I remember seeing the trailer. Okay, yeah, I never saw it either. But the name, the name of the movie, and it came out in 2007, so I guess I must have started collecting The Emperor around then, was Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. And yes, it's with Dustin Hoffman, Natalie Portman, and Jason Bateman. Wow. Okay. Jason so, Bateman. Oh, wow. Yes, okay. Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. And for some reason, after thinking about what to call my Emperor collection, for... Months, I came up with Mr. Palpatorium's fully armed and operational Emperorium. <laughs> and and uh, I think that's the best thing I've ever come up with. I just, I think I, that's a great title. It is, it is up there with all of your, uh, your creations. And I think you, you created a Facebook group for it and you made the logo and everything. I mean, it is. I did. Is, uh... <laughs> I did. And, that, and that's part of, you know, we talk a lot on this show about, about the importance of Facebook groups and how things changed. And this is a pretty important moment because um, I believe it was actually Justin and Jason who started a different emperor collector group. Um, okay. And they either checked in with me after they'd done it or before. I don't remember which. I apologize. I, I don't. It's not that I don't care. It's that I don't remember, um, which is a form of not caring. But I do. I do care. But I remember just being like, 
oh great, I just felt so good and I haven't done anything on Mr. Palpatorium's Emperorium ever since then. I'm completely <laughs> over on their group and their group is awesome and they run it and it's super fun. And it's just, it's really nice to have this other place where everything's more vital. Um, yeah. Because my, no, my, my Chewbacca group ended up holding on and I still think that might be sort of the Chewbacca collector group even though I'm in charge of approving new members. Um, <laughs> so it's like every week or so, I'm like, go, oh, Jesus. Hey, yeah, yeah, welcome on in. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's it's funny because I've never once displayed the palpatorium. Like, it's never been a thing I've been able to right, put up. Yeah. All, you know, because... I remembered that when I was visiting him. Like, I was, I, you had all the Chewbacca stuff set up, and I, I feel like the Emperor stuff was just... It was kind of shoved in, in random like closet doors if i remember right well it's it's this weird thing where you know i really associate you know, i really connect to star wars right like we all do or some of us do some of us only connect to our childhood and that's fine <laughs> I, I really connect to the to the themes and the characters right like that's that's one thing that i really like and so i really think about like i know it's ridiculous but i think of myself as a human being as being split between chewbacca and the emperor Ah. So like the Chewbacca is the part that's like very loyal and family oriented and kind. And then the emperor part is like the cunning part and like the manipulative <laughs> part and the kind of damaged part. And as I've sort of gotten older, I've just learned to just sort of just be a Chewbacca with a little bit of emperor in them, you know, as opposed right, to the other way right. around. But like, I, I do like this sort of like the kind of just the purity of the dark side of the emperor, just how well he expresses it, how clear he is in his vision. And certainly by the time you see the prequels, you understand that his goal is peace. You know, it's power for himself, but he does actually believe that he is achieving peace. So. Peace through obliteration. Yeah. Ooh, behind the Steve. Let's go behind the scenes. Let's go. Yes, let's go behind the Steve. I want to learn more okay. about the Emperor. All right. Um, all right. So this is this first thing is something I remember reading years and years ago and just kind of chuckling. Um, but so the character of the Emperor goes way back to the the 1974 rough draft of the original Star Wars, and his original name was Cos Dashit. And <laughs> what? <laughs> C-O-S, and then the last name, D-A-S-H-I-T. And I just cannot not read that as the emperor being the shit. He is the <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, and so I, I, that always cracked me up. Um, and I I don't know. It's is is that an know. anagram or something? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe we should look at this a little closer. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm going to look I, up because there's an anagram maker on the internet i'm gonna look it up right now there you go there you uh, go anagram, all possible okay cause <laughs> the shit it's gonna be like nixon or something right e yeah attacks totally. dakotas ascots no <laughs> nothing um yeah so he he wasn't originally a, a all-powerful Force user, he was just a, a thin, gray-looking man with an evil mustache that hangs limply <laughs> over his insipid lip. <laughs> so, just, so that it, must be sort of in the Ming the Merciless thing, right? De definitely in the Ming Ming the Merciless territory there. And he was, 
he was still very political, I think, in those early drafts of the story. But um, flashing way forward to Return of the Jedi. I'm so um, surprised his name wasn't like Shenry Schissinger or something like that. Right, exactly. Based yeah. on uh, how he's been. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like, I mean, there's a lot of those Nixon connections to him. Oh, and that, that I think, travels all the way through to, to Return of the Jedi. But um, when it came to Return of the Jedi, they knew they were finally going to see him a lot on screen. And I, we talked about this, I think, before in other episodes. But he initially kind of resided on what was like a pseudo Coruscant, uh, the city planet. He lived in this lava pit underground, basically. And so the beginning of the movie was initially going to have Vader and the Moth guy descending into this vast steaming pit where they reach his throne, which is overlooking a fuming lake of red lava. Um, and they then approach a small shrouded figure sitting on an island in the middle of the lake. And I, I, you've seen, I think a lot of us have seen that Macquarie image of, of Luke and Vader approaching him in the lava. And it's something that always stuck as something that was really interesting. And of course, you know, he circles back to a lot of this in the prequels as he would do with many things, but um, I just ima- imagining them trying to pull it off with the 80s ILM tech. I, right. I always wanted to. I, I wondered what it would have looked like if they had gone for it rather than what they did. But um, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I actually think it's good the way they did. It. I think having him stuck on the Death Star, I, the because um, you know my my brother collects Luke, you know Luke Jedi, and so I once made him a painting, and I tried to do a painting of Luke Jedi and like. All of the it's like it is so hard to depict the throne room scene because yeah. it's black on black on black against black mm-hmm. on black like everything's black and everything's black on black and I, mean, I don't know if, all the lines and yeah that's that's uh, it, tough it, it's it's sort of like Lucas's you know whatever his tone poem thing where he, he kind of mm-hmm. gets into just sort of visual imagery and abstraction it really yeah. does kind of reach that level because it's just how do you like how do you choose to put everything you know because he chose to make Luke wear black in that scene he chose to make the emperor wear black in that scene he chose to have it set in space i mean ryan johnson for all this bravery put red carpets everywhere because he knew (laughs) that it it would be just too jarring and too difficult if it was just all uh it was just all black on black so yeah Yeah. it would be fun though to see what what oh sorry i just knocked over my uh my fake uh model trim (laughs) well people say it's real i don't know Oh. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick side note: I have been on the Facebook page for uh, the Model Trem Society, and I asked them if I had a genuine Model Trem Emperor or a fake, and it is confirmed to be a fake, a Pablo Artesi fake. So, there you go. It's, uh, I keep on talking about all these things being fake and half the time I'm wrong and maybe half the time I'm right. Well, who knows how much I'm right, but it turns out the way you can tell mine is a fake is the bolt. Uh, the connection is a little bit different. I think we'll go more into this in the future and maybe even have, uh, Patsy on here. Okay, back to the show. And also, damn it! Um, yeah, I, I had a couple other things. Um, I, to me, I feel like... There, I, I like I said, I think his representation in Return of the Jedi, it's it's perfect, and I think there are the three things that basically contribute to that. One is is Lawrence Kasdan's writing, um, the dialogue for the Emperor in Jedi. It's it's campy, but it's what has what's been described as having a refined arrogance, and that's that's 
that's exactly it. I mean, it's just, you know, I feel like in the prequels, sometimes he spells things out a little bit more than he needs to. Right. Uh, and that, that I feel like, oh man, if, if Kasdan was writing some of the emperor in the prequels, how much better could have even been, you know, it's not that he was bad. It's just, I, I miss some of those touches that were definitely Kasdan. Um, and then two, the makeup. So <laughs> he's, that's another thing they've, they've tried to recreate that makeup and they've come close but it's just never been i think it's because he was so young playing so old that it made it work and right because so he was Pippet, in his 40s or his 30s he was in his 30s i think he was like 35 maybe he was my age oh. yeah <laughs> that's uh interesting um <laughs> yeah so he was young and he had all this stuff applied to him i, I think the the actor who was originally cast actually Right at the last minute, he fell ill and decided he, he wasn't up for it. So they brought McDermott in and then that guy passed away not long after. So it's this crazy twist of fate that brought him in at such a young age. Um, but yeah, it, it so, is funny how they can't recreate the makeup. There's all these things they just can't recreate. It's yeah, it's sort yeah. of an awesome thing. I, I really it like is. it. Like, I, yeah, they've gotten close with Chewbacca, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they totally. didn't quite get there and they came nowhere close with Yoda. I mean, they had all no. the king's horses and all the king's men, and they were just like, yeah, let's do it in a computer. <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it in post. And yet, yeah, they've just never gotten it for the emperor. Yeah, and, and I love, Phil Tippett kind of describes what they were going for with him, and he says that the archvillain was intended to be a Methuselah figure that's kept alive and intact by some unknown magic, and that their intention was to, to create through the makeup an age-wrinkled age face with a big split cranium that was beginning to split apart. So they, they wanted him to be ancient and not old. Uh, so the quality of the wrinkle was important. And I think it totally, that's exactly it. Um, huh. Yeah, the quality of the wrinkle. Because I guess I never, if you look at the toy, there's no wrinkle. I mean, we're going to talk about the bald emperor later. <laughs> yes, um, right. So if, if yeah. you hear a weird high-pitched sound, now one of my dogs is having a nightmare. Oh, oh chill out, man. Poor or <laughs> um, you know, the, the, but it is true. That's cool. The idea that he's ancient and not old. That's that's yeah. a good difference because he doesn't it's... he doesn't seem like an old man. Like right. Obi Wan seems like an old man. Yeah, yeah. No, but he's some kind of ancient evil. And and I think the last thing and then well, this is something. Wait, wait that, no, wait, one second yeah. though. I do want to say, yeah, credit to Episode Nine, yeah, for yeah. reviving that concept of him being ancient and kept alive by dark magic because, yeah no i i totally bought into that because episode three when you see how he got transformed into ugly face nah, nah, nah. i mean my, <laughs> my, my biggest regret and this is my biggest complaint about all of the prequels which is pretty crazy considering the fact i do complain about them a fair amount but <laughs> in the adaptation of the, in the book adaptation after his after his face gets destroyed he yeah. says so the mask becomes the man Huh. Um, something like that like like yeah. he, he talks about it basically that now his mask is off and, yeah and oh that, oh, that would have been great and i guess maybe that's what's hinted by the fact that he looks so old when he's sidious um right as opposed to that, like maybe that maybe there really is he's just keeping it together and really he is ancient and old yeah yeah that's uh it's interesting that, that's that's too bad that that wasn't yeah, it, it, they made it seem like it was just the lightning doing it, and that was it right. in a weird way. But, yeah. Um, and then the last thing, and I think this is probably the thing that has come the closest to being, you know, kept pretty consistent, is the voice. 
And so McDermott, when he was trying to figure it out, originally he didn't, he wasn't sure if he was going to even read the lines. He just read them on set and they, he kind of did a little bit and they liked it. And then he ended up doing the whole thing, but he described it as a combination of English upper class and trying to sound like a toad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah, it, it makes so much sense when you, <laughs> you think about it that way. Yeah, um, it does. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think with the voice too, the fact that it's so imitatable. I mean, you know, I, I did my first ever in character Wampa Wampa today. Um, yeah, it's a first. <laughs> and and I think another reason why the Emperor is a character who will only go up in terms of its value too, is I would argue that you know there's you know, we've we've discussed you know I've discussed that Spaceballs is not funny and everyone can get mad at me but it's just not it's just not a very good movie I like Mel Brooks I like dumb movies but Mel Brooks I don't think Mel Brooks understood Star Wars so you know like I think that's my problem is that I don't think yeah. he actually really got Star. I mean Pizza the Hut is funny you know, and all that and there's some funny lines in it but in general it's not that funny and there are so many Star Wars parodies that are pretty good but really, I think when when we look when like the when the book is closed on sort of Star Wars parodies of the of the you know the first fifty years of the of the yeah. series, it's going to be bad lip reading and Robot Chicken, and I think Robot <laughs> Chicken more than anything because Robot Chicken yeah, so perfectly really... parodies the prequels and the original trilogy. It's done with that right combination of like nerds who have always wanted to make this joke and are finally getting to say it mixed with like creatives who are actually good at creating you know so yeah like having seth yeah. green do it as opposed to kevin smith right um <laughs> or having seth mcfarlane and seth mcfarlane as the emperor like i can tell you as the parent of a teenage boy um seth mcfarlane as the emperor is like the funniest thing about star wars there's nothing okay seagull stop it now is close <laughs> but I would say Seth MacFarlane as the Emperor, like whether it's the, the phone call episode. Yeah, that's or, right. You smell like feet wrapped in leathery burnt bacon. <laughs> it's bolted to the floor. You know, good chair. Like everything that he does is so funny. So I, I think that's another another reason another reason why yeah, Emperor Stock's only gonna go up. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'll say I'm not I'm not always huge on Seth MacFarlane, but in that instance I it I can't deny it. It is it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> well, you have a problem with Seth MacFarlane, huh? Uh, I don't know if I'd say it a, it's a problem, but I don't I don't I don't know. He's kind of mean spirited, and you're you're not. Uh... I think that's that's probably where 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 it it comes from. But yeah, I don't know. His Emperor though, his Emperor though is a classic. I, I won't I won't deny that. <laughs> so I think we've come to the point where I had to write my Sky Coup quickly because. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know I didn't uh, I didn't make one for Chewbacca because we weren't doing Sky Coups back then. So right, yeah. the the sort of the weight of having to do a character that I actually care for I thought was unfair, and I would have got like just totally stuck in up in my head. So I had to write yeah. this fairly quickly, and it's uh, I think it's you pretty just, good. And I, yeah, I'll, you just had to let the lightning bolts flow. Yes, just let them go. And and this is the first ever Skyku that follows the proper format of five seven five, but it goes from five words to two words to one word. <laughs> so how am I going to pull this off? Here we go. Black space, black on dark. 
fully operational overconfidence. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that is that is good. <laughs> so, you know, the the black space black on dark. So, you know, black space, that's the nature element which you have to have. And he's yeah, in black yeah. space, but he's also a, in a black space and he's black on dark. So, he's like <laughs> He's in the dark and he's black on the dark, but also the black and the black and the black is also the is also Luke and is also Darth Vader. So it's all like all mixed up, yes. and then fully operational. That's seven. That's seven syllables, <laughs> and then overconfidence. So what I'm trying to do with that, Steve, is I'm trying to play with the fact that his overconfidence was his weakness, right? <laughs> yes. But it was also his strength, and like when he is fully operational in his overconfidence, that's where he gets super devastating. So like that is a combination of his greatest strength and his greatest weakness is his fully <laughs> operational overconfidence. So oh, that's yeah, there you go. Yep. I wrote, I wrote that in like two minutes. I'm like, I, I can't think about this anymore. I better just do it. <laughs> Did you have your little ah exhale? Afterwards? Yeah. <sighs> now then, hands off. <laughs> You should be known as Darth Papa Steve. Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> now he's never called Emperor Palpatine in the movie, right? No, not Return of the Jedi. No, that that came about sometime in between um, that and the prequels. I feel like it was in a, a book or, or something, and then like kind of like with Coruscant, I think Lucas just ran with it once publishing had had come up with it. So. Uh, I can't. I'm not sure, but I, that's what I remember anyway. Did, did you used to think that he was Darth Vader's father? Me? Uh, no, not really. I think so is it just me? No. I always thought that that was the implied thing. Was that like he was Darth Vader's father, and then father, then Darth Vader was Luke's father? You know, you're like, talking about within the framework of the original. Yeah, trilogy, yeah. Not okay. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Not... I don't mean like create life. No, I mean like as a kid. You know, you're yeah. watching them. You're like. Okay, so first we got this one guy. Oh, okay, there's his dad. Oh, okay, there's an old dude. Well, that must be his grandfather. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I never thought of it that way. I always thought of him more as a, just a creepy-ass ghost. Um, he terrified me. I never really... I didn't I didn't draw a family connection to him the way that that you did. Um, nah. Okay, well, I, you know, maybe maybe we'll see if people... Uh, if, if people... Other people have thought that. I mean... The, I wouldn't be surprised if they have. I, it, it makes sense. I mean, the 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 scene in the throne room, um, sort of on a personal note, like the way that it connects to me is that like when I was in high school, I, have I told this story before, Steve? Like I actually mediated my problems with my father through Star Wars. And so like I perceived of my father's mental instability um, like as actually being the emperor and mm. like I felt the 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 draw to to kind of have the same flaws as my father has you know kind of like a and you're going to laugh cuz a lot of the people who don't like me think I have these flaws but uh overvalued sense of worth and kind of insecurity and kind of like a, a maniacal need to just talk and talk and talk and no matter what anyone else wants to hear okay this is sounding bad but still <laughs> um you know and like and just sort of like basically a sort of like selfish kind of mania like that's sort of what i saw and like i would feel in my life times where i was being like drawn to the sort of dark side and and i would like legitimately put my brain in that space like i'd actually be in that space and i i remember the point where i realized that like 
my hope was that my father would overturn his, like his weaknesses, that he would pick up the, the emperor and throw him in the drink, and then I would be saved. Like mm. he would overthrow his you know difficulty, his mental health issues, whatever they are, and then I would be saved. And then yeah. when I became a man, I was like, oh no, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to, I just have to not be in the room with the emperor. That's got to be my goal. I got to go to Kashyyyk. I got to hang out with Mala. I got to, I got to take care of my family. I'm not going to take over the universe and I'm not going to be haunted by it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we spent a long time, you know, talking about, about you sort of, uh, in, in Jabba's palace with your mom and everything. I just think yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny the, the no, way these things connect. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. And, and oh. this, and this is why I, I always talk about, I didn't think that when I was five, right? Like my connection to Star right. Wars is really connected to when I was 14 <laughs> and when I got the, <laughs> the letterbox copies on VHS, you know, that was really yeah. where I was old enough to get what was deep and meaningful in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, now I'm getting super Gargan Largan. What can I do? <laughs> I'm after this, I'm hitting the phone banks. Have you thought about voting for Gargan? Uh, what's his position? His? Oh Jesus. <laughs> Never thought about it. This could be a guy. I don't know. He's got six boobs. What? <laughs> boobs. You like boobs? I guess. Well, there's six of them. Anyways. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's that's going to be one of those things that no matter what happens, I'll, I'll always think about that, that Gargan sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse. Well, the funny yeah. thing is the, 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 the logo underneath it is a bridge. That has right, three right. Uh, has three arches, That's and right, yeah. uh, and it was um, John Paul Ragusa. Just he's a very funny guy, actually. Like he, his web presence is often like very angry. So I think people sometimes like lose fact. In fact, he's really funny. He's like, hey, the, and, and the logo is an outline of her bra. It's a very very funny joke, you know, uh, right right on the line. We could uh, we could talk some bald emperor for the nugget. All right, let's talk a little bald nugget. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. Okay, the bald emperor hard copy, Steve. Tell us about it. Well, uh, I think the first thing to to know is that it starts with the blueprint and so this archive entry has the the original blueprint for the emperor figure and the face and, and if you remarkably... haven't if you haven't read yeah. it this yeah. is an amazing this was written up a couple years ago by chris jorgulius he right. absolutely nailed it this is one of his best articles very simple straightforward description of the original sculpting of the emperor where he doesn't have a doesn't have a hood you just see his big ugly bald head so you're saying it starts yes. with the with the blue, blueprint yeah, so so the blueprint, the the drawing there, it's it's actually remarkably uh, accurate to to the real physical character. It's it's interesting. Um, it doesn't nearly look like an action figure really at all to me. But so it has the the bald figure, uh, and then the robe is a separate piece that was originally going to be cloth of some kind. So the original sculpt, he has a bald, very very detailed wrinkly head and as you know phil Tippett said it's all about the wrinkles you know, it's, right it's all it's all detailed his brow is really thick and heavy and the body of the figure to make room for that robe is actually sculpted much smaller than the production figure which 
obviously they ended up saying this this cloth idea isn't going to work let's just sculpt the entire thing as one piece so the the body was a lot thinner and, and narrower uh the arms rather than having those the big cuff cuffs from the the real robe they're just straight you know cuffs like narrow sleeves um and i don't know i just i, I it's they've done you know over the years they've done you know cloth cl- like capes emperors and i always thought those looked really goofy so i think they were probably right with yes. not doing it back then um they're terrible all the yeah. all this the only exception is the 12 inch uh 1995 power of the force 2 yeah, emperor figure it, it right for some reason that little weird creepy thing Although, I mean, it's really fun to take off the robe because he just looks all weird and naked and wrinkled. Um, but that's the only time I've ever seen the soft goods cloak work on the Emperor. I think, yeah, I think it just has to be a scale thing. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it just applies to him, but I feel like a lot of times the cloth stuff for those types of characters just doesn't really work. But anyway, yeah, so they, they had to completely redo the entire sculpt, basically. Like, the bo- it's similar, but for functional, you know, for functionality purposes, they had to completely redo it. So yeah, Chris goes into a lot of detail here about you know, the reasons why and whatnot. But the pictures are, are really good. They're, um, you know, I think yeah, this article has been around for a while, but it's it's uh, it's one that I've gone back to many times. Um, and it's just a, a nice one of those things where the the original concept does survive in some form, and that doesn't always happen. So yeah, and all that exists now is this this hard copy, a Dynacast hard copy, right? Um, and I'm just so happy that they made it the way they did because I really, yeah. I really don't like this at all. Like, if they actually <laughs> made this, I don't think I would have even collected the figure because I just can't. Like, I don't even really like the Luke Jedi. Like, I, I think that soft goods cloak That's, is just ugly. It. Like, I just, yeah, I don't yeah. like it. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the character to me. Whereas, right. at He's least, a little, a little gnome like. Yeah, at least the Emperor feels like the character to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I we talked about I think. We talked about this when we did our winners and losers of episode nine, but they definitely like I know they they had no idea that, that a bald emperor figure existed, but when he got obliterated, that's all I can see. Yeah, it's <laughs> melted away. It's just the bald emperor hard copy. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a classic emperor piece. I figured that had to be our nugget. Yeah, and I I don't know though because. In in the in the write up, uh, Chris Jorgulius suggests that they just thought it would be too expensive because they were going to be giving it away. Oh right, yeah. I don't know if that's really true. I think maybe they just thought it looked bad. I just uh, yeah. I to me, I yeah, like we were saying, given the way it, it ended up going in future versions of the character, I I don't know, man. I don't think it would look good. <laughs> because why was it worth it for Pruneface? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like why was it like? Like, yeah. well, we can't, we can't waste money on the new bad maybe, guy. Maybe, yeah. The iconic face of the... all evil. But this guy who everyone will think was, you know, in Java's skiff guard up until like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Maybe, yeah, maybe the prune face cape was uh, initially, you know, maybe they were working with something similar and they, they put it on the emperor, this guy, and it's just like, ugh, no, <laughs> not, not right. And I think before we get Duncan on here, I do think we should we talk about the the mailway offer. Yeah, I figured we we'd go with that, and that that kind of leads into some stuff we talk with Duncan. So yeah, we, well, let's hit let's hit the offer. Yeah. So the we, Steve, you just collected a whole bunch of interesting stuff here about the Emperor offer. Um, yeah. I remember my parents weren't 
you know, they didn't care enough to do this kind of stuff, but I remember friends who did and how excited they were to wait to get the Emperor, um, which sounds pretty excited. It's really ironic that uh, if you watch the, the commercial, which we used to have at the beginning of every episode, first yes. of all, they refer to the Emperor as uh, the, the supreme uh, leader, supreme right? Mas- yeah, the supreme, supreme master. master, right, of course, yeah. because that's why we call Supreme Master Tickets Supreme Master Tickets. That's so. Right. <laughs> so, you know, like he, they call him the Supreme Master and then he's in Young America. I just, I love that it's Young America, Minnesota and it's for the Emperor. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was five proofs of purchase, which really isn't too bad. You know, I mean, people are really buying that much. Um, and then you, you point out that there's different uh, different advertisements for Palatoy, some of the yeah. best line art, not line art, but just some of the best like painted art. It's yeah. great, yeah. This this poster, uh, I think they made a flyer, and then there's a poster version of it for the Palatoy offer. It's headlined, "Buy the troops, get the leader free," and it's got um, a great rendition of him at the center, and then you've got the Emperor's Royal Guard. So, and this is one of those things they do sometimes with this art is they they do a weird hybrid of action figure and real character. Yeah. Uh, the stormtrooper, it, it's clearly posed like the Kenner stormtrooper with its straight limbs and and whatnot but it's still got a lot more detail to it and then vader he has a much you know he has a lightsaber coming out of his hand (laughs) his lightsaber looks just like the kenner lightsaber which is just really funny to me but um and and the copy here is great too this is the emperor symbol of the dark side of the force symbol master (laughs) of darth vader and the terrible imperial stormtroopers the very sentry C-E-N-T-R-E. I guess they misspelled center. The very center of the Empire's web of fear. I like that web of fear. That's that's good. Yeah, that was that's going to be the name of episode two, but they thought it was too stupid. Um, yeah. The, 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 yeah, the web of fear, the Emperor's, and, and he's in the middle of a web. I mean, Lucas talks about how he wanted to look like a spider where he is. Yeah. And I yeah. love the idea of the Emperor being a symbol. Um, yeah, yeah. But in England, uh, you had to buy six figures. So I guess it had yeah. to be more. Uh, send the six names, your name, age, address to Erdington, Birmingham. Birmingham. Steve, I'm going to be reviewing a, an album by a band from Birmingham called oh, the yeah? Chartreuse. Yeah, they're pretty good, actually. They're sort of <laughs> like if Bon Iver and Coldplay made an album together, but it didn't suck. So that sounds <laughs> yeah, interesting you to you. somehow work, work the concept of a web of fear into that review. I might, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, I always like this 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 ad a lot. Um, <clears throat> and then you also had one other weird thing, Steve. What's that? Yeah, the other weird thing is so apparently the the demand for the emperor was was pretty high uh, in terms of the mail away, and so what they ended up doing um, when they were mailing these out, I guess a lot of them came after quite a bit of a delay. So Kenner would send the figure in a padded envelope, just the carded figure in there, not the boxed sample like you're used to. And there was a little note inside um, that read, Dear Star Wars fan, due to the overwhelming response to the free The Emperor promotion, there's been a delay in sending your figure. We're very sorry for your for any disappointment or inconvenience we, we may have caused you. Uh, please accept this additional Star Wars gift as a token of our appreciation for your patience. Sincerely, Kenner Products. And what they would send, this is right around the time that they were I think the micro line was on its do or die phase. So they they would send the little build your armies uh, sets of of micro figures along with a carded emperor. And so there's I think Bill Byers has a, an example posted on on one of the Facebook groups that 
has the original envelope and the beat up carded figure and then the, the, the little micro figures that came with it. Um, so it's interesting that the, the timing of this with the micro line and which we're going to talk about soon, I think, but, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is a really awesome item. It's like a combo Kenner and emperor item. It's really cool. Cause instead of the little stupid box, you get the, you get the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, there's something kind of nice about that. And, now, and I understand the disappointment, Steve. But what's the inconvenience? <laughs> like, like you wake up and you're like, you know, you go to like you pour your orange juice, and you're like, damn it, where's that emperor? Let's let's get uh, let's get Duncan on here because uh, he's going to talk to us about fabulous things, about very valuable things, and about just completely stupid things as well. That's right. <laughs> I'll make it up if I don't know it. All right. Well, what Duncan was saying he's going to make up was a little bit of hobby history that I'm going to be asking him about. But uh, we are now joined on the phone uh, with Duncan Jenkins, who is on for the second time in a couple months, and we're very excited to have him back. How's it going, Duncan? Very well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're talking about the Emperor. Last month, we decided that Wicket was the best character in all of Star Wars. Um, but now we think it's actually uh, the Emperor. So do, do you have any strong feelings about the Emperor? Well, the thing about him is I think he would be a completely different character if um, they had made the movies in numerical order. Uh, and so what I, what I mean by that is that if you had done them as people watch them now, starting with Phantom Menace, going through Rise of Skywalker, there's no way you wouldn't have him in A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back, right? right. Uh, he would be doing stuff all along. He would be a much more central character. But I think it is actually kind of better uh, storytelling to not have him always be the censor because he does turn out to have such a pivotal role throughout the whole arc, right, as we see from one to nine. But the stuff that's happening doesn't always have to have him be right there, which is why I think they would have done it. You know, a normal filmmaker would have done it if they were just going telling the story. You can't not have Ian McDermott in four if you've already had him in one, two, and three, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. The whole yeah. movie. Can you imagine the fanboy outrage if exactly. episode four came out and like they just mentioned him once? Like, the Emperor disbanded yeah. the Senate. What? The Senate? What? Where? where what? <laughs> The last three movies were only about this guy and the stupid Senate in one line. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he literally is the Phantom Menace at that point, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. oh, so true. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think I'm going to come up with a segue for this, so I'm, I'm not going to. <laughs> um, so, Duncan, Steve wanted to talk to you about micro items. Now, you're, you're, you're not known as a micro guy, but you do have a pretty crazy micro collection uh, so, Steve, what, what did you? Why did you want to bug Duncan about this stuff? Well, I think what's interesting about the Emperor is that there were a couple micro collection versions of him in the works that never made it, and um, I know there's there's two that I that I'm aware of. It's the the one where he's kind of in a almost like a dancing pose. I think he's supposed to be shooting lightning, but it looks more like he's dancing. Yes, right. It looks like a lot of hula hoop, uh, hula dancing. Yeah, definitely. And then and then there's the other one, which is him seated on his throne. And you have the original sculpt for that, right? <laughs> I do indeed. 
yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I thought it might be interesting if, if there's any interesting history on that and whether it's how you acquired it or just the, the background of, of well, why. Well, let's talk more about about this actual. So these were two play sets or it was just one play set that was never one, one play set. One yeah. play set. Well, right. I take that back. I don't know. I mean, it was like, OK, so on the micro collection, you would put all the play sets together from that world they were interchangeable and so like right. Bespin you could buy either the Bespin world which would have all of the pieces from all of the sets or you could buy them individually and then connect them together which was a really fun thing um, but it just didn't uh, it wasn't very popular and so that of course leads into what we've got with the Emperor was that they were planning on continuing the line from its initial you know year of 1982 into 83 with some Jedi sets, uh, and one of them was going to be the Death Star 2. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know um, how many pieces, how many play sets were going to be part of that Death Star 2 world, and so whether the two emperors would have been in separate play sets or um, in the same one. But uh, my guess is they probably would have been in separate pieces that then would have been combined. Right, the yeah. same way that most micro stuff has multiple versions of the same character. Now, yeah, I, re- exactly. I, read in, I read in some book once, I don't know if it was particularly well-researched, but I read in a book once that it was supposed to connect to the original <laughs> Death Star world. I, I think that was exactly the, the plan, but, um, you know, I, I, there's photos of it uh, that are on the archive. Uh, so there was a, at least a, a mock-up uh, that was made, but whether or not anything beyond that has survived, I don't know of any pieces, um, mm-hmm. and so I don't know exactly how they would have fitted into the original one, or um, you know if they would have just allowed you to do that if you know for your own extended playability. Yeah, that I mean that is so awesome. I'm of course joking because I'm talking about Duncan's book. Um, well, Duncan and Gus's book, but come on, I mean, Duncan's here. So Duncan and sometimes right. Gus's book. Um, and I'm actually we're going to have Matthias on here later, and he did a lot of the design. So we have two of the, two of the three people here. Um, and, and you described that, and, and when I realized that, like, when I think about the, the Lego Death Star and why it's such a great toy, it's just because it does what Kenner was going to do in 83, where they're just like, you know what? Screw it. There's just one Death Star now. <laughs> you know, like, right, why are we right. pretending like it really matters? Like, the trash compactor scene is right next to the throne room. And we don't, you care? I don't care. <laughs> so, No. I'm sure they had trash compactors on Death Star 2, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so this is just beautiful. So th- this is a sculpt. Uh, and it's made out of wax. Is that right? Yes. And, and there's no yeah, throne. Yeah, it's, it's no fantastic. No, there's no throne. That is correct. So that would have been a separate piece. Um, might have been a piece that was attached onto the playset. Um, that would yeah. be my guess. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just so well sculpted. It's just really um, one of one of my favorites of, of the sculpts. Uh, just how nice the robe flows and everything. It just really is cool. And how, how do you yeah. display it? I'm just curious because he's does he do you have a little stand for him to sit on or do, do you do you make a throne yes. for him? Okay. I, I I should have had a little throne for him. That would be kind of cool. But uh, I just have a little stand that he sits on. Yeah. Well, I I think it's worth emphasizing that this central character in one of the most important movies, you don't see him in a throne that much. I mean, I have the the Sigma piece right here. 
it's one of the few Star Wars pieces always on display in my house because we have the the Emperor chair. And you know, you look at you look at the comparison between this unproduced you know four up and then what Sigma is able to do, and really. Kenner did a much better job because the, the 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 Sigma Emperor just he has this weird kind of frumpy look and the the just the legs aren't quite there. He just looks yeah um, too too frumpy. <laughs> right, I, I think of him kind of as the I, I think of him as kind of the um, Hummel of, uh, of yeah. the Star Wars collecting. <laughs> you know, it's like the Emperor Hummel. Now, now, Steve, I think was was hoping that we would get some kind of fabulous story about about this uh, the sculpt. Do you have any fa- uh, fabulous story about how you ended up with it? Well, uh, yeah, it's just one of those. It's not a fabulous story, but uh, it started off. There was an auction, a famous auction in toy shop, hmm. that had several of the sculpts um, at exorbitant prices, you know, I think they were like maybe a thousand dollars, thousand dollars or something like that. And, um, they were so exorbitant that nobody bought them. So I think, you know, maybe one, one piece, maybe out of that whole auction sold. Do you know what year this was? What's that? Oh, I'm guessing 94 ish, maybe, maybe 95. Okay. Hmm, That's a good question. But, uh, that's not the, the uh, history question, by the way. So, so just so you know. Oh, so all right. There's still <laughs> still to come, huh? Yeah. Uh, Chris would know because he has a, a copy of it somewhere out there in all of his toy shop um, things that he's saved. Uh, so I contacted the the seller uh, and arranged to buy several pieces, and so did a uh, road trip out to Ohio. And met up in a parking lot in one of those famous deals where you're exchanging, you know, a suitcase full of cash for a whole <laughs> bunch of little toys in the middle of a uh, <laughs> of a you know, parking lot. And uh, so anyway, that's where I got that one and a few other of the uh, sculpts and uh, proto uh, type carded Rancor Keeper and. Uh, it was, a, it was a really good good time. Well, I, I can't find it because right now sandcrawler.com is having a little bit of issues with not being broken. But I did find uh, I did find it was 95 to 96. Um, okay. And they, he does have it here, micro figure wax sculptings. Wow. So, so you're able to get that. Now, this this is the – so you but you didn't buy the, – the emperor – the other emperor won – Micro is called the Hula Emperor. That's generally what it's right. known as, right? Because it looks yeah. like he's doing a hula hoop thing. I mean, a, a hula dance, even though he's uh, literally electrocuting someone to death. Um, which <laughs> right. Star Wars really likes electrocuting people. It's um, even like the Clone Wars. I remember I used to have to cover my kids' faces because there are so many episodes that were just like, let's just do I don't know three minutes of torture. Um, uh-huh. So yeah. so. You didn't get the the Emperor, the Hula. Was that also for sale at the same time, do you think? I don't believe it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because that, that recently came up, and there was a, a post on a Facebook page last year from Josh Blake um, and sort of showing off the mold and the sculpt. I feel like I've seen – do you also have the mold for this as well, Duncan? I do not. I, Simply the sculpt. Does it exist? Does the mold exist, do you know? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen any hard copies of it. There's, well, there's Blue Harvest pieces out there, right. so that would 
that would let me think that they're probably the sculpt was still at Kinner at that point, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting in. Now we're getting into a little bit of uh, of the hobby history. I wanted to get to because where I want to get to, Duncan, is to basement bounty hunters. Now we had Ron talk about them probably seven years ago, and I basically forgot everything. But I'm I'm holding in my greasy left hand a basement bounty hunter uh, emperor hula, an unproduced figure. And I don't actually remember all of the steps that lead to this thing being in my hand. So, uh, what, what? How do we get to the basement bounty hunters, and who were they? And make it up if you don't know. Yeah, I would have to make that up. No, um, at the time I was aware of them only peripherally. Okay. Um, and so I was not involved in that any directly. Uh, so okay. I think there are better people that could uh, make up a better story than I could on that one. Okay, good. Because Steve, I think we're—I think we'll, we'll have some more people who might. Is Ron even going to be on the show later? Uh, not today, but <laughs> on Thursday. Soon. Okay, so yeah. we'll we'll ask him. Okay. Yeah, he would be a good one to know. He would he would definitely know. Yeah, but it's it's a story of of intrigue and false and fake and not fake and things that are sold as fake and things that were sold as unfake and a lot lots of interesting history there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I I do think that the that that micro world, if they had made it, would be the thing I would look for. Like I would just be obsessed with it because that just sounds like the most fun. Because like the the best bin, I would still argue that the the best bin micro chamber. You know, with the with the actual like uh, carbonite thing, like that's uh-huh. that may be the best Star Wars toy, the vintage line. You know, like just in terms it of it was like, a lot of fun as a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I truly like every time I would put them down there and twist it around and bring them back, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and this seems like this this really had the potential to just be some of the coolest things that they ever made. But I guess yeah. we weren't buying them back then. No. No, nope. ahead of its time. Yeah, but Steve, we don't bring Duncan on here to talk about things that are worth, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. We bring Duncan <laughs> on here to talk about stuff that is both priceless and worthless. You don't hate only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The because the emperor is quite unloved. That's why he's so mean. Okay, so now we're back. Hey, Duncan, did you ever think that the emperor was Darth Vader's father, like in the in the like in the eighties? No, I did not. Okay, just me. Okay, just me. Would have made sense. Okay, so it would have made sense. Everybody else is related to somebody, right? Exactly. Right. Uh, so, what is the unloved item, Steve? So there's there's two. I had, had said you could choose, and I, th- I figured Duncan would say both, so I went with both. Of course uh, he did. The first one, uh, and this is... Duncan doesn't picked, choose. Duncan does a lot no. of things, but he doesn't <laughs> choose. Kind of, you can I ask Anne. Just... Uh-huh. Yeah, it, I don't know the meaning of that word. <laughs> it was a setup, yeah. Uh, the first one, uh, this is... I think it's a... a it's the inside lid of a chocolate spread from what? Uh, does that from Spain. even mean inside lid of a chocolate spread? Are we talking like, are we talking like a like a Nutella thing or like? I yes, think, exactly think like so. Nutella. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not you know it's nothing all that crazy. But what I realize is you know speaking of the emperor sitting and not seeing it that often, I don't remember ever seeing this specific image or at least it framed this way with. 
him looking off to the left and and his right and Vader on the on the right hand side. I don't remember ever seeing them together framed this way. No, th- um, this is definitely, you know, I tracked down a lot of Emperor stuff. I've never seen yeah. this before. It's flipped, right? Isn't isn't because usually in the throne room scene, uh, Vader's on the left, Luke's on the right. right. And so yeah, here I, they're looking over at Luke, but he's on the wrong side. Right. Yeah. And Luke and is so not I, featured. No. No. So, so yeah. So I. What's What's the story on on these? Dung? I know there's others, but I picked this one just because of the obscure image. Yes, it's a very obscure image, um, and it's very dark too. I mean, as as far as composition goes, it's just very. It's not what you would pick to be some kind of cool trading card sticker kind of. Right. Item, right. I mean, it just is very hard to tell what the what the image is even. Um, so there's a set of 12 and they're from Spain and um, they're really kind of thick, actually thick cardboard, huh. uh, which is kind of surprising for a sticker. Um, so they're uh, always difficult to find. And if you do find them, uh, they're usually used, so they've already been adhesed to something. Okay. Uh, so finding them with the with the back still on is is uh, Wait, difficult. So they're stickers. So so they would so you take they off the lid and there'd be a sticker underneath the lid. That's really cool. Yes, that is. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Ah, wow. And so um, uh, yeah. a similar thing was done with uh, York peanut butter uh, for mm. Empire in Canada. But those right. weren't stickers, right? Weren't those just little like cardboard? And I think those are just. I think you're right. I think, and they're, they're a very thin card stock, actually. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd never seen so. this before. Uh, let me see if I can pronounce it. Chocolates las cibeles mir mieres cierro. Wow. Yeah. This, Perfect. Yeah, this is just an amazing thing. I'd never heard of these before. I'd never seen them. I of course had to look with fear to see if there was a Chewbacca one, and goddamn you, Duncan, there is. <laughs> it was all part of my plan. That's yes, right. and, and it's weird though because it's a it's an art piece. It's, the, it's like a it's line art weird version, poses, right? but he's on a green background. You never see him yeah. really on green because it doesn't go well with brown. I mean, all these images are are just different. Like they're just different images that you're not used to seeing. And really, this Darth Vader and Emperor is just outstanding. It's really nice. Yeah, because you rarely yeah. see just the two of them. You usually see yeah, either right. the Emperor or all three of them. Yep. Yeah, this is my um, this is my favorite thing I think that I've I've, I've discovered on this show for was, a long time. I was nice. hoping you would like it. <laughs> yeah, really it was nice. probably it was probably five years ago before I found the first ones for my collection. Wow! So it was a long long road to, and so I probably only have about half of them now anyway, um, and just they don't show up very often. Yeah, but I, but I want one now. So that's right. <laughs> this is you being inconvenienced, yeah, Sky. <laughs> the, the, the typical uh, Facebook response is, "Wow, I never knew that existed. And I need it now." I need yeah. it now. It's not fair, Duncan. You shouldn't get to have it just because you've looked for it. Okay. That's right. I should because get it I didn't know this thing existed it. a minute ago. I want it now, but it's my focus. Well, the, the funny thing is, Duncan. Like you know, before I, I ever you know even really knew who you were, I would always go to your um, 
your presentations at Celebration, and I, I found my notes while I was cleaning up of all the things I would write down. I'd like frantically write down all these things that you would show. I'd be like, okay, I have to track down this. And I'd like make up these little lists of things that I'd have to track down all over the world uh, because you pointed out their existence <laughs> to me. And I got most of them. So the, awesome. the, the, all right. the best was when I saw Ron's panel where he talked about the let the force be with you um, belt buckle. And I got, it, uh -huh. I got it at room sales that night. I was like, this is the most, <laughs> I didn't have to wait at all. I got to do the Facebook thing That's before right. Facebook was even invented. So the only thing better would be if they handed it to you on the way out of the panel. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow, Steve, that, that's right. great. So the next one's not going to be as cool as that. It's, it's, well, it's different. Um, and we've, we've talked about these cups before. So that what this, this is just an, another one with a great image, but this is one of those Coca-Cola tumblers from I think 7-Eleven. Uh, and this one has an image, another really, just really neatly done artistic image of the Emperor Vader. And then I don't remember seeing this anywhere else, but two shuttles in like the same shot. And it reminded me that I was always confused when I was a kid, like, are they all just flying that same shuttle around? Like, do they have to, like, how many shuttles? Is there, is there just one shuttle? Is there more than one? And I, it just cracked me up to see this now. I'm like, okay, yeah, they do each have their own shuttle here. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you remember seeing multiple shuttles in any other vintage imagery? I don't. And yeah. a lot of times it's just referred to as shuttle to Dirium. Right. And, right. Which adds to the confusion because then it's like Millennium Falcon. Yeah. You know, it's, a specific ship as yeah. opposed to X-Wing or TIE Fighter. Um, and so that's yeah. really more along the lines of what it is. They're just Imperial shuttles that everybody has. Now, the shuttle to Dirium is a specific one of those. But, but yeah, I could see how that would be um, very confusing. If you see two, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> Steve, yeah, and I, I, are you just trying to be nice to me by picking these images that I can, I can pick apart? Because this is so cool. I mean, okay, the ships are kind of cool. But what, what yeah. really draws me to this is the thing that makes, you know, Vader imagery interesting is ever since Empire, well, ever since the original Tom Young poster, he's usually been used as this looming figure in the back, right? Like that's always right. his sort of power is his, the fact that he can meld into space and the Empire poster and all that, like he can always be looming in the back. Here, this is like a loom fight where Emperor and <laughs> and Darth Vader are both like kind of fading into the distance, both yeah. dominating the yeah. scene. This is the only time I've ever seen Emperor in a vintage item like actually take top looming billing as sort of the, the dark figure in the background that's the ultimate right. badass because they yeah. put Vader in the foreground. Uh, and, and you can tell they're really struggling with this whole black on black on black on black thing because they have to do a cutout for the Emperor so that you can see right. space, but space has to be blue because the Vader so, and Emperor are so goddamn yeah. black. It's it's so bizarre looking, um, but that's what I love about it. I, and his his face in this, the, the way they, they drew his face, just, uh, I don't know, there's something something he, great about he it. has that smile and for the most part they don't get the smile they get the the smirk or the oh no but they don't get the 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 maniacal smile and if, yeah. as if that weren't enough we get to see on the other side luke versus <laughs> vader and then we yeah. have the famous import imperial guards who you know <laughs> palpatine told the them to leave and they just you know like i forget what it was maybe it was dark horse or, or someone did a whole comedy series about those two 
um, Imperial Royal Guards, like, where did they go, right? Because there's no exit. So they just go around the back of the elevator, <laughs> but they couldn't go anywhere. And so here we see they actually were just, like, hanging around there. Wow. And then they, they walked the back. Fight. And they're like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, this but, is a really, really cool set of, of tumblers. Uh, there's yeah. 12 different ones. And another one that you'll probably want to revisit on will be during the Imperial Dignitaries, uh, because yes. there's not a lot of Imperial Dignitary merchandise out there. And this <laughs> no. is one of the cool cups with the uh, art on that one, too. Yeah. Um, I think, I feel like one of the items in your, your well, selection. Wait, wait, before we get there, Steve, though, yeah. I want to talk about the last Emperor item that I got. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Because it's, it's in the tumbler area. So, okay. you know, I always drink out of my metal Burger King cup, and it, it has all the lead paint on it, so I can't drink from it. But just recently, I got from friend of the show, Jared Clark, uh, through Deal or No Deal, the uh, Massachusetts variation, which I didn't know existed. That is this right, Duncan? Only in Massachusetts did they make plastic versions correct. of the Return of the Jedi yep. cups. Wow. So for um, some reason, they were unable to sell glass glasses in uh, the Burger Kings in Massachusetts. And so they sold plastic ones. And it's awesome because the it has like a white background, so you can actually it actually pops out better. And uh, it's it is just a really nice item in my collection. You know, I'm from Massachusetts. I can tell you the reason why, Duncan. Uh, the reason why is if, if you give a Bostonian a you know, like some glass, <laughs> there's going to be some broken glass and some, you know, like, uh, I often tell the story about when I was at the first time I was in the bleachers uh, at, a, at a Red Sox game, everyone's, we lost. And so everyone started throwing cups like at the field and I threw a cup and I hit this like big, scary dude, like two rows in front of me. And back then they, they sold, they sold beer and glass bottles and he turns around and, and as a joke acts like he's going to throw this beer bottle at my head. And, uh, and yeah, I was oh very, goodness. very, very scared. And then he gave a big laugh and I was like, ha, 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 that's funny. I peed my pants. <laughs> so I think that's why they did the, they did the, the plastic cups in, in case, you know, uh, Tony Armas struck out and, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this wow, is like, man. this, this jumped up the ranks in my collection of one of my favorite items to get. And, and I remember because it was like one of these deal or no deals thing. And I think, I think I paid like 50 bucks for it or something. I remember just feeling bad because I'm like, if Duncan told me this was worth $300, I would have paid $300 for it because <laughs> it's that cool. And they really don't turn up that often. You would think, well, there's a, it's a whole state, right? They're, they should be not difficult to find, but they actually are fairly difficult to find. They, they, they don't show up very often. So good, good deal on 50. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it, when, when you, you'd think when you collect Emperor, there'd be a lot of stuff, but there really isn't that much stuff. And especially if you're just doing vintage. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're just doing vintage. I mean, the um, there's also the Hungarian calendars. You know, that's a good example of a kind of emperor thing you can get that's just sort of like a random just emperor thing. But the emperor also sort of suffers from being pictured with other people a lot. He doesn't get solo billing. Even in these items, he's basically always with Vader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I interrupted you, Duncan. What, what did you want to get into? No, I think... Uh... I don't think it was me. I think it was Steve that was uh, going to oh, move something. I, would, I think I was just going to say, like, do you want to get into your, your selections? <laughs> for How Duncan can you get? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. 
So how Duncan can well, we we'll get? We'll find out how Duncan I can be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is no choice. All right. So our first item up for bids um, is a vinyl drawstring bag uh, from Mexico. A vinyl drawstring bag from Mexico. Okay. And the artwork looks like exactly the same artwork from the cup. What is this thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, licensees Gramark, G R A A. And, uh, they did a few, uh, pieces like keychains and, um, some little plastic mini posters. And this is a, a pretty, pretty cool piece because it looks very similar to the Burger King cup, like you were saying. Uh, similar artwork. I mean, it's basically the same artwork, but slightly changed. Uh, just on a little drawstring bag that you would, you know, put things in a little in a giddy bag, I believe they're called. How, how how big is this? So about a foot tall, maybe a little smaller. And huh. so they just took the same art from, like, how did they get, because I, I don't think this art is repeated on anything other than the cups, right? Uh, that's correct. And then on this little, another mini poster that Grimark did as well, um, that was plastic. Uh, but, uh, there's one big difference between this and your cup. Can you tell what it is? Hmm. Uh, I'm looking back and forth from the cup. The emperor looks a little more tan. Uh, (laughs) Luke looks a little more tan as well. Boy, this is... Uh, I can't figure it out. Well, it's in Spanish. <laughs> it's in Spanish. That's true. That's true. Uh, so the window is just the window. Uh, so there's only one emperor in this scene as opposed ah, to ah. the glass that has two emperors. That's right. We're, we're getting back to this multiple emperor thing where there's one doing the hula dance and there's there's one in his chair. All uh-huh, right. You got one sitting up there and one of them standing by the... Oh, yeah, they you know, now, now I see it. I was always yeah. bad at those things in, in you know, in Cricket Magazine. Yeah, what's where the it's difference? Like, yeah, the <laughs> right. Like, they look the same. <laughs> exactly. But I thought that was a, a kind of a fun use of that art. It's very colorful in this yeah. case with the, with the redder highlights and, and the Mexican. And, and this was Spanish, officially um, licensed? Yes. And they just, uh, that's weird. Like, I don't understand it when artwork is used in two places. Like, I understand when it's used uh-huh. in one, and I understand when it's used in a hundred. But when it's just used in two, it's very confusing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, some of those things that don't make a whole lot of sense, right? Because it wouldn't have been part of a style guide or something like that, like your you know, typical line arts that you would see used everywhere. Um, but somewhere along the way, they decided, oh, I really like that image. You know, they... How did they get that and get permission to use it? All right. So what, what's the next Duncan item? All right. Um, so in the United States, we're going to look at some patterns. Uh, so patterns for making clothing. Companies McCall's. And, you know, just <laughs> a typical thing that you would do to go buy the pattern. Not me, of course, uh, but somebody that sews uh, would go and buy the pattern and make an outfit. And so there's a few Star Wars ones, and so here's a couple of, uh, from Jedi. So, okay, so McCall's, so you'd go to, like, a fabric store, like, whatever, Ben Franklin or 
I guess whatever Michael's is now. And then these would be patterns and you would also, they don't come with fabric. You'd have to buy the fabric separately. That's correct. Uh, And so inside is just a very, very thin, almost see-through type of paper that has the stitching lines and the Ah. cutouts. Oh my God. That's what um, we were doing that today because we're, we're making these costumes for this video game among us. And my wife figured out that you can like buy these patterns or download these patterns online. And then she bought foam like for cosplay and like, she's going to go all out on it. So nice. Yeah. So yeah, this, this exactly is the same is. basic idea. Same concept. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing I like I is this kid who's dressed up as Luke uh, Jedi. Um, yeah. What's cool is that the, the weird collar is really pushed out and that's, what's the most important uh-huh. thing is that it says, yep. You know that that I don't I don't feel like Luke Jedi's collar was that prominently displayed that much in the vintage era, but this one it really is, and I just love that on his shirt it says you know, Star Wars on it. It says Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you couldn't just have the outfit; you'd have to actually have the logo on there too, because that would right. make you so much cooler walking down the aisle of school. <laughs> Man, I need to start wearing like shirts with the name of the movie of my life on it. Yeah, That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and then the Ewoks just look terrifying. They're, they're yeah. just, they're just <laughs> disturbing, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it just goes disturbing. back to that whole eyes and mouth thing. It they just look terrifying. <laughs> they look like they could eat you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So here's the question: Do we make these? <laughs> right? Do we do we that, make? Uh, uh-huh. Can we make Luke Jedi shirts like this? I, I would I think that's something that needs to be brought back. <laughs> yes. And and wear them to the the next uh, party. Yeah. And and and, wh- and why and what's the girl in this? Like she's just wearing a like a, a lumberjack shirt. Is this like a Luke and lumberjack thing? Is it is it, what am I missing? Is this like the person right. who's going to cut down all the trees on Endor? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a deleted scene. Well, they did have to knock down all those trees so that they had time enough to march them all up the hill and right. you know, put stakes in the way so that when the scout walker came by, they could knock it out of the way and then roll right. down and knock it over. Right. That took a lot of work. So that must have been her job. Work all day. I work all night and I sleep all day. All right. So, okay. Wow. So the, Duncan... the, two, costu- the two outfits are very similar styles to each other. You can see that hers has the... Um, buttons across the top but, too. Yeah. I like the the boy artwork in blue off to her side. Mm-hmm. And so they show that they can both be uh, boy or girl outfits and you can either have the, you know, snaps that go all the way across. You can have it so it folds down and mm-hmm. Star Wars. And, you know, it, it, it is going to be Halloween soon. And one year I did go as a lumberjack to a Halloween party when I was like 26, sometime like that. It was before I had kids. Um, but right after, actually, even before I was married, so it must have been like 2004 or something like that. And uh, I, I bought like an oversized lumberjack shirt and I put a pillow in it. And so I had my beard. And so I was like a big fat lumberjack. And we were in Vallejo, California, which if you've never been there, don't go. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's an okay place, but it's a little spooky. And when we were there late at night at a diner, I was there with my then girlfriend and uh, future ex-wife. And, and I was, I turn around. She's like, Sky, don't look. I was like, Why? And there was a dude in there who was wearing the same shirt, but he wasn't in a costume and he was way bigger than I was with the pillow. So I was like very sort of gently, nonchalantly pulling this pillow out from under my shirt and I made an exit. 
Uh, I was like, my reality costume is worse than the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my costume is you. Uh, that, that, and, oh, then a year, and then a year later, uh, one of my colleagues in grad school for Halloween, do you know what he went, went as, Steve? What? He went as me. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Uh, he had like a long wig. Um, and you know what it's like, Duncan. If you have long hair, people think they can look like you just by having long hair. Um, yeah, it was very weird because he didn't tell me beforehand. I was like, who are you supposed to be? Anyway, <laughs> Halloween thoughts. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, what's next, Duncan? All right. Well, let's uh, head down to Australia and go for a swim. So if we're going to do that, other than watching out for sharks, we'll want to have our Ewok bubble. <laughs> Inflatable uh, yeah. swim aid. <laughs> you are oh, a bubble. I, f- I feel like this is a tie a tie-in back way back we had talked with you about the return of the jedi speedboat that was also from yes. this aquafun right exactly. same same that license is good memory uh-huh <laughs> uh, see we're just making yeah. up for the for the for last month's guy we got to get some wicked items yeah. in here <laughs> and now i see wicked again i forgot all about the emperor how can i choose <laughs> Well, this is great because it... If you have a wicked emperor, you'd be all set. Yeah. So I guess a bubble must be an Australian term. I guess we need to get Brisbane Brisbane on here. Um, I, I think guess so. That, that a bubble is just a term for like, like a life vest? An inflatable yeah, swim uh-huh, aid. Of some sort. It says learn to swim with confidence. Um, <laughs> I love having confidence, but there's not enough confidence in the world to pull off wearing an Ewok bubble <laughs> you're trying to swim. <laughs> That's right, and, uh, and it's it's really nice though, because because you have like two different line art, like speaking of the same character multiple times. It's the same Ewok, it's the same yes. Wicket twice, and right. then it looks like it's a low gray but colored like Wicket. It's a Paplu, yeah, a Paplu, but but colored like Wicket. So the but same... colored like a Wicket. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, there's another great question for Duncan. How many times did they recolor other Ewoks to look like Wicket? <laughs> quite a few actually um particularly paplu you'll see those two together a lot um and using that that line art for those right there and yeah. a lot of times they'll put them together and make it in a series of um wicked shots and then they throw in a paplu that's just, colored the same way and you're just yeah. like supposed to think it's wicked again right so. yeah Wow, well, uh, but that does not... happen, happen surprisingly um, frequently. Wow! And so, do you have a complete Aqua Fun collection? No, I don't. There's a canoe, um, which is an inflatable one, not a you know not a hard plastic or something like that. There's a canoe. I have the speedboat. I have the Ewok bubble, and then I have the uh, wrist um, things, which the R two D two. Oh right. Inflatable um, armband things. So. Yeah. Those are the they three all, things that I have. We got to get Duncan such... a canoe. Yeah. I think so. That sounds good. <laughs> and then I think there's a, a just a ring, a regular inflatable ring, and there may be an inflatable ball. Seems like there's at least a half dozen pieces in the line. But, wow. you know, obviously they show up next to never. Yeah. I'm, I can't imagine. Oh, oh this thing is great. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's pretty fun. So is, is that the it? Or, 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 the Ewok bubble helps too. Oh no, we have we have at least two more. Yeah. Wow. We do. Are we going to get another cup, Duncan? Uh, Yet another cup story. We do have another cup. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, but uh, this is a glass, and it's um, a mustard glass, actually. Huh. So, a company in Germany, uh, Hingstenberg, I believe, is the company name, and they did a series of five glasses that you would buy mustard in. Uh, similarly, it used to be fairly popular here in jelly. Uh, so you would have, like, in the United States, buy jelly in glass that had, right, like you know, Looney Tunes Howdy Doody or, or yeah. the Flintstones or Looney Tunes, something like that. Right. There. And then nine months later, when you finally finished off the whole jar, you could wash it out and have a, a drinking glass that you could use uh, that held, you know, three and a half ounces of liquid. But uh, these are kind of fun because they are unique to Really, it's a lot of the similar artwork in some of them, but a lot of it's unique artwork as well. Uh, they're very difficult to find. The reason I picked the Vader one here is because I really like the um, rainbow imagery in the background with Vader. Yeah. It's very good juxtaposition yeah. there. Yeah, this, this <laughs> looks like Darth Vader uh, wandered onto the set of the Yellow Submarine movie. Because <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> the colors look very 60s, 70s, psychedelic. And it's awesome. I mean, another thing is it's German and it says, you know, Krieg der Stern. And like, you don't, I mean, there's not a lot of, of items out there with Star Wars in German, at least not that I've seen. I mean, I don't no. pay that much attention. And but... most of them are from the first film. Uh, so by right. the time you get to Jedi, you don't right. see it at all. Yeah, this is so really this is far out. One of the top few times. Uh huh. And there's no marker on it that says the name of the, of the mustard, huh? That must have just been on the lid. Correct. Yeah, it says cup number whatever on it um, and the, the copyright info, but it doesn't have the company name on there. Do you have any lids? No, I do not. I think mm -hmm. the lids may have been paperish. Um, right. I think they were probably easily destroyed. So then, so yeah. there's also the the French had a mustard thing too, yes. right? Amora mustard, and that's, Amora. Uh -huh. and that's much better known. And that was for Empire. Uh, that was for Jedi also. That was for Jedi. Okay. Wow. So what other, now that we're talking about mustard, France, Germany, any other uh, any other mustard jars out there? Not until we get to, I think it's Clone Wars. Uh, there weren't any any other mustard jars that I'm thinking of at the, off the top of my head. Well, I just want to say this is further proof. Listen, I, I love America. God bless America. But when you want to talk about why some European cultures are better than American cultures, like <laughs> jelly is not very good. It's mostly sugar. It's just kind of junky and it's made for kids. Like if you're a French kid, you know, Dijon, best, best mustard in the world. Or if you're a German kid, you know, that good German strong mustard. You know, that's what you go for. That's what you want. You don't just want a whole bunch of sugars in your unquestables, you know. You want like like you're reaching for like a just a, a – a sinus clearing punch to the face of good mustard. I love it. I, there I you have I, it. I think I've been yeah. wasting my time collecting all these characters. I just need to dedicate myself to mustard. <laughs> That's collecting <laughs> mustard collectibles. Probably wide open field. Yeah. <laughs> what do you collect? Just mustard. Do you have them all? No, <laughs> I don't even have one. Actually, they're really hard to find. But that's all I collect. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the mustard guy. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the mustard guy. <laughs> uh, and then, and then the last one, I don't even understand. I saw you send it. I thought it was like some weird thing from Target. I don't, I don't know what what this box is. This is some kind of Jedi monstrosity. What, what, what is this, Duncan? All right. So my 
final item is kind of cheating and really nine items, but uh, it's a set of eight mini puzzles okay. and the store display box for those. Okay. And, uh, these are from Greece. Wow. So, wow. okay, so we, we have kind yeah. of very simple Return of the Jedi imagery. Again, not all of it's standard, though. Like, like um, Yoda is in that pose of, like, that's why you fail. And I don't feel like we see him in that dejected pose. Uh, kind of a standard Akbar. But, you know, beyond that, I, I guess it's the good skiff guard scene there. And they have these weird red bands that go through on the side. That's why I thought it looked like it was from Target. But I guess it's the, the puzzle company from Greece. Yes, correct. And then the it's huge Thomas box. or something like that, some guy's name. Yeah, and a huge box that uh, they all fit into. That has the Death Star hanger? What, what, what is That's that? That's the Rebel base hanger. The Rebel base hanger. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, now talk about something I've never seen. What, what, how did you end up with this, Duncan? How did you end up with a store display from uh, from a Greek uh, a Greek puzzle? I got the store display from Todd Chamberlain Aha, of um, course. many, many years ago, yes. Um, and the individual puzzles, um, I think I only got one of them from Greece, and the rest I got from a collector who was selling his collection he, in the early 90s, mid-90s. Um, kind of one of the bigger collectors back in those days, and um, he was selling out. What was his name? Um, Chris Allsbrook. He was in Arkansas. Wow. Little Rock, I believe. I believe he was in Little Rock, yeah. And And he sold uh, off his collection in the early 90s. Yes. And changed his name to Bill Clinton. That's right. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's I mean, these are very, very bizarre. And so there's nine of them. I mean, no, there's eight. there's eight, eight, and then the display. Yep. Okay. Because yeah. this this looks almost like the Hungarian like bank cards or whatever. It seems like these it's... are super easy to make. So there could theoretically be more of these, or are you certain this is the only ones that were made? I'm certain these are the only ones. Yes. Wow. Okay. A complete collection of Greek mini puzzles. Mini puzzles. Oh, that's awesome. You know, this is only the second time I've asked how Duncan can you get, and I always think <laughs> he can get, he couldn't possibly get more Duncan, but this, this is more Duncan than anything else, I think. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I passed. Yeah. Back on. You know, I just said goodbye to Duncan. We just said our tearful goodbyes, and then I looked over at my emperor trilogo figure steve do you know why that's a uh, special trilogo emperor it has a, an interesting story for you in terms of how you got it uh, yes. right celebration uh, yeah. auction yeah so in celebration four in los angeles there was this huge auction of lucasfilm items and thinking about it now it's pretty crazy that this wasn't a bigger deal what what yeah. do you what, what do you remember about this duncan so uh, going a little before that, Lucasfilm, as part of their contracts, would usually ask for about 50 items for every licensed product. So if you're going to do a set of notebooks, then you have to send Lucasfilm 50 of each style of notebook that you're going to, to send and they're, uh, that you're going to make. Uh, and so those go into their warehouse where well, you can imagine after a while that begins to take up 
an inordinate amount of space. Uh, so the idea. No, you can it. imagine that, Duncan. We can imagine it. That's that's your house, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, I live it. Yeah. Um, no, uh, so I only get one of everything. Sorry, that's right. completely fifty would be crazy. Um, so they de- decided to scale back the number that they were going to keep on everything, but contractually they couldn't sell any of these items they not that they would need to either but um they had to just throw them away or donate them somewhere come up with some way of um getting rid of them without making any money off of it so it was at that point that uh celebration was starting to come up and um steve sansweet was able to negotiate with them to have an auction for uh, Make a Wish, wasn't it? Yeah, I pretty think sure so. that's who it was. Uh, as the primary beneficiary of you know all of the the proceeds on that, and so there were uh, just in that huge ballroom, or not really ballroom, in that huge auditorium, and uh, it was not as well attended as I would have thought it would be. Uh, you know, you were you both there? No. Yeah. Right, well, okay. I don't know where you I there? was. <laughs> I mean, I was at Celebration Four, but I wasn't. I I I got I won this thing through. They had like a silent auction, and that's how I ended up winning this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the the silent auction. I I I think that's where I got my carded B-wing pilot was through that auction. Nice. Um, yeah, but and that I, was I upstairs, the... right? So there was right. an upstairs area, and you could walk yeah. through and see the different um, pieces that were going to be auctioned there. And yeah, so there was yeah. the silent auction part of it, and then there was a live auction part of it, which, if memory serves, I'm pretty sure David Gall did the yeah, um, I'm pretty sure too. At that one. I think yeah. that was my first introduction to, to David. <laughs> was was nice. him auctioneering? Yeah, so I'll always yep. remember that. And, that was fun, um, and so there were a, a, a few key people that were buying a lot of the, you know, because there's a lot of vintage toys still, you know, factory sealed and straight out of the case almost in most cases, really, really sharp condition, and uh, so they did all of that auctioning, and then to, you know, some people's surprise, they even started auctioning the shipping containers, the shipper boxes, because why not, right? Uh, so here's a case of, uh, I don't remember, you know, just different uh, things that they would just auction off, um, you know, the mini rigs box or the action figure box or the, uh, I don't think there were land speeders, but maybe there were, uh, but, you know, different things like that uh, because they all say it on the side, Kenner products. And, and so there were several people that were just amazed at the amount of money that were coming in just for the empty boxes, the empty shipper boxes. Yeah, that was. I believe that, Todd Chamberlain won a lot of those. That would yeah. make sense. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, we really want to talk about the dark ages of Star Wars collecting. I mean, there was zero premium, as far as I could tell, on any of it. Like, I remember people were talking about the sealed sand crawler. I think that was the, the big thing. And, like, they were just talking about it because of that. But it didn't feel like anybody gave a hoot that it had this kind of provenance. And, you know, I remember I, I won the Emperor and I talked to AFA and, 
you know, the only way to get it certified that it came from the Lucasfilm archives is if you had it sent directly over to AFA and have them box it up for you. And I thought about it really hard, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to remember that that's where it came from. So I don't think I need to have it authenticated because I was there. But, uh, yeah, it, it was it was really wild. And I think that was also tied in, and Duncan and I talked a little bit about the, the weird dump that they did to these... Uh, um, like of modern stuff that was around the same time where they did the dump at all these uh secondhand stores right um, right yeah but i never told you duncan about how i destroyed an unproduced star wars item oh nice let's hear this so uh so i went there to so we talked about this maybe a year ago maybe more probably more probably five years ago um but there was a there was a st- a series of lucasfilm merchandise dumps to like secondhand charity stores in the Bay Area. And I happened to live in the Bay Area at that time. This must have been earlier then. And um, I bought this unproduced Star Wars Frisbee. So like it, it looks like a produced Star Wars Frisbee, but it happened to be they didn't produce it. It, has like, it had some kind of like image on it of maybe TIE Fighters and X-Wings. I don't know. Because a couple years later, the movie Tron came out, and I needed to make a disc for my son <laughs> because I had went and I got a I got a, a, a black Spider-Man outfit and spray painted it completely black and taped a bunch of glue sticks on his on it, and then I got this like oh, it's a cool frisbee, but who cares? And I ripped off the thing that said Star Wars and I put the glue sticks around it, and I still have it in my garage. So that that was an unproduced Star Wars item that I completely destroyed. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And that was the yeah. same place where I bought my Jar Jar tie that I wore uh, when I met Ahmed Best in, in 2005. <laughs> so that was cool. Excellent. Yep, very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting all the different places that those showed up. Um, and then uh, relating to the extra, you know, uh, charity auction that you're talking about here at Celebration 4, they also did one at Celebration Europe, which was much less publicized. Uh, and I ended up getting a uh, uh, Sonic-controlled land speeder at that one. And so that wow. was pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, again, one that was very under-publicized, but still you know, managed to raise a, a fair amount of chunk for, uh, for one of the charities there, too. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we brought you back on. Now I'm officially yeah. going to now we're yeah. first going to say goodbye to you. Much like in the video game that you guys have never heard of, but is the most popular game with the kids. We're going to jettison Duncan out of the spaceship, um, <laughs> and uh, and we'll see you next month or the month after. Yeah. All right. So that was good, Steve. Talking to Duncan. Uh, it's now two days later, so we're going to be <laughs> making some more phone calls. That's and first, right. we're going to be calling. Uh, um, wait, who, who are we calling next to you? Because we're calling like five people today. <laughs> who are we calling right now? Matthias. Yes. And and Ben Sheehan. Matthias <laughs> and Ben Sheehan. Good, but we're not we're not calling Ron. All right, Ron, Ron Salvatore. He apparently can't make it on the episode. Not tonight. Um, yeah. Not tonight. So you'll have to go back to one of our other uh, hundred. Uh, back, back store, uh, backlog shows to hear. So good. So let's go to the amazing, wonderful uh, Matthias and Ben Sheehan. Uh, this is going to be a wonderful mixture of accents. Yes. Um, but I think Ben lives in America now, right? I think for the most part, yeah. Okay. 
All these international men of mystery, Steve. Do you ever feel not mysterious <laughs> and not international enough? Oh, not, not at all. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, well, let's give them a call and, uh, and talk to them about their book. No, for sure. Okay, so Steve, um, we, we've been trying to get a hold of Matthias, but uh, <laughs> he's like jet-lagged and, uh, and to he's To be Matthias. fair to Matthias, it's also like 3.15 in the morning, wherever he is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, a combination of things that, yeah, it might so he's, be tough. He's supposed to be coming on here to announce all of the new stuff about the new book. And we might be able to add that on later, depending on our recording schedule. Um, but we were able to get a hold of the elusive International Man of Mystery, Ben Sheehan, uh, who we've had on the podcast maybe once, but not really officially or too properly. So you're, you're co-writing the book with Matthias, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I, we kind of had discussed going back to, you know, I guess, back to the time before his first book, that we were probably going to do that one together, and, and that didn't pan out in the end, so... Yeah, he did reach out to me this time, and so we've been working together for a bit now. Awesome. So you're going to be doing the the Kremlin Strikes Back, and we're we're going to look forward to that. And I've you know, I've always had faith that it was going to happen, but I never had any timeline in my head. <laughs> like I, I always sort of thought, if he does this in the next twenty years, that's great. So we'll we'll find out from Matthias. <laughs> um, the other thing was Ron was supposed to be on here, and I obliquely asked Duncan Jenkins if he could tell me about the basement bounty hunter scandal. And he didn't feel too confident. So I said, we'll talk to Ron. And then Ron wasn't going to show up. So I thought, we'll never get to the bottom of it. But I, I'm actually currently <laughs> holding in my left hand a basement bounty hunter hula uh, emperor figure. So, Ben, what is the story behind the basement bounty hunters? Do you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I can give you my personal experience with it. And then just my recollection of things as they unfolded, you know, kind of on eBay uh, and then Rebel Scum. And then also, I guess, with their own website a couple of years after it first kind of became apparent someone's churning out fake four-ups again okay but um yes i guess yeah really early 2000s um you start to see on ebay these auctions for these goofy looking kind of marbly looking in some cases from memory you know four-ups that some of them were so kind of malformed you could see that it wasn't wasn't what you'd expect to see in, in that kind of thing and they were kind of vaguely described and a few might have even turned up with silicon molds that just looked nothing like you'd expect to see at a can or one of their um prototype vendors and so yeah it became apparent these guys were just trying to sell these fake four-ups and and not kind of disclose that they weren't real to collectors and at that time collecting was pretty strong in terms of the way we all took care of each other so it didn't really get any any traction so where how did they make them like how do they get did they have access to the molds How, how did this work yeah so so basically through things that happened in recent years, I became aware that they did have access to some original four-ups um, oh, and also the, a little bit of the know-how through one of the Canada sculpting vendors there in Ohio because these guys were Cincinnati-based. And, um, and yeah, I guess they, they gleaned what they could from the people they, they borrowed those from and they did their own version of them. They, they may have even used one of the guys that was working for that studio to, to do some of the stuff because I, I, from memory, there were some sharp versions of them as well. But um, certainly in terms of having information on which ones to, to kind of make, they, they definitely went for all the unreleased characters like the Hula Rampa that you mentioned. I think there was a Yoda, a 2-1-B, and a Black Best Vanguard, and, and pretty much, I think it was all up around 11 figures, and the vast majority of them were um, unreleased figures, and certainly from the, the micro-playsets that weren't made and didn't see production. Okay. And, and did, they, did they make these, like, in, like, large quantities? or sm- I mean, how rare is this Hula Emperor, do you think, that I'm holding on to? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, yeah, sadly not greatly rare. I don't think it's, uh, it's going to appreciate much in value. They did churn out a lot. I remember seeing one picture. I want to say that I saw about you know, 10 of each character in this one image that was circulating at one point back there. But, yeah, they were at it. I want to say they were at it for a good kind of four to six years. So wow. they, there was plenty of time. And, yeah, it was it was quite a bit of stuff. And it was really kind of, I don't know if the timing was is just a fluke, but it's like 10 years almost to the um, time of year after the first Blue Harvest pieces were offered to a, an elderly collector from the Kentucky region way back in the early 90s as well. So it was you know, kind of 10 years later, history repeat. Right. So so in case people forget, the Blue Harvest were the fake four-ups that were made by somebody who had access to the original molds, right? And made yes, them with yep, a different correct. material. And then all of a sudden, so yep. it's almost like this weird, weak, re, like, like a second-generation copy. Like maybe yeah. something that someone yeah, who's obsessed yeah. with, with printing could say. So they're almost second-generation Blue yeah. Harvest. But is there any known connection between the people who did Blue Harvest and the Basement Bounty Hunters? Well, that's where the intrigue kind of got a, a little bit heady for me because I, I ran into these pieces and one of the guys, I think he was involved in making them in a basement going back a couple of years or so ago. And one of the guys in that room had worked for that sculpting vendor. And in fact, he had a, a Blue Harvest tower droid that he'd hmm. been given by that, the former Canon sculptor who had his own studio. So yeah, I believe there, there was potentially a link there. I, I didn't ask too many questions because I didn't want to upset the guys there. But um, yeah, it did seem that that was you know, eminently possible. Wow. So, and they were never sold as real, or they were, or? No, I, so it was left vague. It was left quite vague in the description. So I think early on, if you bought one of their copies, you could have believed it was potentially real. And the fact mm -hmm. that they were sold with silicon molds online. And I think, as I mentioned, so Ron, being the um, solid citizen that he is, had come out and kind of warned everyone on Rebel Scum circa early 2000s not to kind of touch these pieces, or if they were, that they had to kind of understand they weren't legit. And I think once these guys were called out, they did kind of come to the, come to the party and start to put the letter R on the bottom of them and make it more clear that they were repros. Right. Oh, mine doesn't have an R. Oh, wait, or does it? I can't read it. I guess I'll put it on there. Wow. Wow, Steve, did you know all that? I, I, you know, I remember hearing bits of that in the past, but it had been a while to, since I'd heard detail. So, and yeah, do, they, do they give themselves the name Basement Bounty Hunters? Yeah, I believe so. That was yeah the name they penned for themselves because they they actually had their own website at one point where right, they it was right. you know, yeah, basementbountyhunters.com, and I think they made prop prop replicas as well. But they were fairly brazen in in kind of showing the world that they were making these reproduction four ups. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm yeah. glad they did, because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more interesting. Well, it some, you know, yeah, for some cheap collectibles, and I think some of them were, you know, went up being these really kind of bizarre, fluorescent, marbly-looking creations. I always thought it was kind of neat, and, it, and certainly, I think at the price point they wound up, it was you know, it probably helped people get a look at something they may not otherwise see, albeit one that's kind of diluted a little bit because the, the mold wasn't so sharp at times. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I'm hearing ghosts. I feel like I'm hearing someone snoring. Is it possible that Matthias answered the phone and is snoring? Is there any chance? No? Just me? Okay. No. I, I was thinking that'd be really funny if you picked up the phone and was like, ha! And then went and fell asleep. <laughs> you know, I, well, if we I teach, wait long enough, maybe it'll happen, you know? Yeah. I, I teach on Zoom, and the students who fall asleep are the ones who forget to mute their mic. So, like, there'll be times, like, where it'll just be kind of a quiet group exercise and everyone's writing, and you just see this. 
like, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mute it because it's too funny. <laughs> it's too funny for people not to hear. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you for telling us about Basement Bounty Hunters, Ben. Um, you, you know, you, you definitely, uh, I think we should have, you know, we've been having Duncan on more. I think we should have you on more too, because you, uh, you know a lot and you share a lot of your information, but I feel like uh, we just haven't talked to you that much. And so we'll at least have you on again when Matthias wakes up, um, whether that's this no, episode or the next. Well, then either, this is what's going to happen. Either we're going to drop in the interview with Matthias right now when I edit it together. Go ahead. Okay, Steve, it's been weeks, but we finally got Matthias on the phone. Uh, it's well after a week, uh, and you're going to hear in the background my daughter screaming at our dogs. My, my one dog who, whenever you ask him to go for a walk, he runs away. I guess he doesn't like peeing. But we do have Matthias on the phone. We don't have Ben. We don't have Ben. What happened to Ben? I don't know, man. This is this is a mystery, it's a mystery, mystery episode. <laughs> I, I just finished watching the Haunting of Hill House or whatever, so I'm pretty sure if I look behind me, Ben's going to be there. And so, <laughs> all right. So, Matthias, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Why are you on this show, Matthias? I don't know, actually. Uh, I tried to be on like. Uh, for a week now, my, like my time schedule or my time calculating didn't really work last time. Uh, but now I'm, I guess I'm here to talk about my new book. Yes. So your the original book that we're talking about now is the book called A New Proof. And that's a book which I don't even remember, Steve, if you had to guess what year this was made, what would you say? Oh, if maybe... Was it like six years ago? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I would say that 2014. It? That'd be my guess. Is that right, Matthias? Yeah. Well, I had to check my records like for <laughs> for a couple of months ago when I when I re realized the new book was about to be finished. And uh, no, it was uh, 2015. 2015. Okay. Wow. So I, yeah, at the, uh, in Anaheim. Wasn't that 15? That's, or was that's it right. Yeah. No, no, you're right. That that was Anaheim. That's right. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. And and I I, I want to say a little behind the scenes story because I mean the the original book we're gonna get to the new one but the original book A New Proof is one of my favorite books from in my entire collection of Star Wars books and if you don't have it you need to find it. Um, also, I really suggest that people actually read it. Um, it's sort of I mean I know Matthias collects Playboy magazine. And the joke is always that people, you know, just buy it for the pictures and they say they read it for the articles. Um, this really, truly is the Playboy magazine of Star Wars books, Matthias. Because, like, just looking through, we got interviews that are really interesting, really in-depth. And, Steve, I fear that at times we, like, interviewed people and said all the same stuff that Matthias did, but we just did it on a podcast. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that's one thing I really appreciate. But one of my, one of my favorite moments uh, was... Can I tell the story about when we were in Seattle together, Matthias? Yeah, definitely. I don't remember much about Seattle, so <laughs> please refresh my own memory. Okay, well, this is this is the same day where we, we were with Ron, who declined to be on this episode because he thinks he's on the show too much, which he never is. Um, so he... Uh, he he had some kind of weird like motion sickness or something, and we had to drive him back. Oh, and it, was, it was this oh, whole story. I remember this. And, and I we, remember this. we ended up at Lisa Stevens and Vic Wurtz's house, which is underrated as one of the most amazing phantomagoric places of Star Wars collecting ever. 
And uh, they had, and maybe they still have, who knows? Um, well, I'm sure Matthias knows, but we'll just say that for now. A, like a giant box filled with proofs. And they're, they're very cool collectors and they don't really sell things. And they don't really trade things and they just sort of keep to themselves. And this was, if it weren't for this photo shoot that Matthias was going to have, his book would have been like half as full. And so we're sitting there, everyone, cool. everyone went off to dinner and I just got to hang out with him while he was like taking out proof after proof of one of a kind proofs. Like if you, if you collect any character, I guarantee you there was a one of a kind proof that you need for your run in that little box. And Matthias was taking it out and taking the pictures and it was just this, this awesome, awesome time. But not all the pictures, Steve, were of Star Wars figures. No? No, they, they weren't. And I, I was wondering, I said, you know, what, what, what's the book going to be about? And he said he's going to make three books. Now, now, Steve, what's the rule for self-publishing in Star Wars? If someone pub says they're going to publish one book, how many books does that mean they're going to publish? <laughs> there's a, there's a eh, qualifier there. <laughs> I would say zero to one. Uh -huh. Zero to one. <laughs> and when, yeah. when Matthias said he was going to publish three books, I thought, cool, Matthias is going to publish one book. Because I, I knew he could do one, <laughs> but I didn't think, how could you make something of such great quality all about the pre-production process and, and like how could you do it like a second time i just thought he'd flame out and he'd never do it and every year i saw him steve i thought another year and i'm right he's never going to release the second <laughs> book and and i doubted oh, him but matthias so, is so the second book man. coming out yeah man it, i i was i was pretty sure uh that it was going to be like one book a year I was definitely sure about that, but uh, then I guess life happened uh, and it went like five years. And especially at that time at uh, Vic and Lisa's place, I was so like, I, I, I knew they had flat files with a lot of stuff with proofs and chromolins, but I had no idea, uh, idea what to expect. So when we went over there early on before like other collectors came i had no idea i had brought a small camera like a blue background paper and uh, didn't have much much expectations but man at that time i i was pretty sure like definitely one book a year is going to happen but uh, i guess not but now we're here at least with the second one well, I think you should interview yourself about that moment because that was, it, it felt kind of like a Steve Denny-ish moment of just being like, oh my God, I cannot believe all these things that are here and kind of rediscovering them in a way. But anyways, part of the reason Matthias I'm talking so much is that it's very early in the morning over there and I, and I know that you're, you're not fully awake. So I'm just kind of talking. No, it's, it's 2 a.m. here. I'm uh, trying to... And get adjusted to the time here and my voice. But but the nice thing is is that now that you've done one and then you just recently did a Kickstarter for a second edition, is that right? Actually a third edition. What what are you bringing to it in the second book that wasn't in the first book? Beyond the pictures. Because everyone's just gonna buy it for the pictures, Matthias. You can't lose people. You can just tell people there's just pictures and people will still buy it, you know, every month right there on the yeah. newsstand. But what else is there besides the uh, the pictures? Well, uh, besides the pictures, there's uh, first of all uh, with with Ben 
Sheehan uh, being the co-author in this one, I brought him on like quite recently, actually, uh, only like a couple of months ago, uh, and uh, and he helped me with all the texts, not just editing, but like uh, my goal was to have a good editor uh, that knew a lot about uh, proofs uh, and the whole process like Ben does. Uh, but like, man, he, he took the text to another level. level. So it's definitely a book that's worth buying only because of the text. So I'm very happy with that. Well, that's awesome. So, so it's because it is one thing about these self published books is the the bar is pretty low for how they're going to be written, how they're going to be edited, because, you know, no one is a professional writer or anything. So that's awesome that you have like this, uh, an idea of like some kind of real firm assist uh, to be able to help. And then also Ron refused to be on the show, but he was involved somehow. Yeah, he's uh, and he's uh, editing uh, the text uh, as well. So like so Ben is writing and he interviewed. Uh, we have a collector interview this time around as well. So Tim Eckholt uh, Eckholt is uh, interviewed by Ben uh, and of course other interviews and uh, a lot of different things. And uh, then, yeah, Ron is doing the last uh, text editing as well. So, like, a fantastic team to have on this book. Awesome. Steve, did, did you have a list of questions you were going to ask Matthias? We were sounding all professional there for a second. <laughs> Not really, but no. I mean, I, I figured... I mean, you're already asking them about in terms of like the, the, the different type of content from this book to the last. But I guess the, the main thing is, though, the first one was all Star Wars era. This is all Empire Strikes Back era. Is that right? It doesn't it doesn't brand yeah, beyond beyond. Exactly. Empire. So it's like it's all the characters, uh, but on their ESB uh, header. Okay. So. Uh, from so even of course the all the Star Wars characters are in there, but with their ESB logo. Ah, uh, right. And uh, man, I'm glad I I went to try to to make like several books instead instead of just <laughs> one because yeah. like when I <laughs> when I started to make this book series, man, it's such a sheer amount of proofs out there and stuff out there for each character like only for like empire they're like you can have like eight kind of different proof cards for 48 characters of <laughs> course not right. all exist but man they're the amount that's crazy so yeah, each uh, book's gonna get a lot thicker as you go <laughs> is it or are you keeping it, it basically the same size i couldn't like I, I know all this from the start, from, from years ago, but I couldn't like imagine how much more work it would take to, to do the sequel. Uh, so this book ended up being 100, uh, like four pages more than the first book. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Can, can, I, can I pitch so, you an idea, Matthias? Oh, all 48 characters on their ESB logo header is uh, in there as well. 
uh, along with all the, the similar contexts like uh, how the proof cards are really reused, the uh, packaging design process, uh, a lot of reference to the design firm, Katie Johnson, that did all the design, uh, and Matrix for all the uh, ESP proofs out there, etc. Now, I... I, I mean, I have, I have some questions about what's there and what's not there. Um, so one thing that I liked about, or I, I don't know how you're doing it, but like I like how you explain proofs and explain chromalins. You're not going to explain them each time, right? You're not going to sort of go through the whole process again, or are you just going to kind of go quickly? No, very quickly. Like so, so it's it, the book is pretty much laid out as the for uh, the first one. Like we started with how the packaging is made and the the process for uh, talk about the new logo uh, and proof sheets. So we go in and go into each proof card's rarity and what's out there, and um, and then we go into all the characters uh, individually. So there's. Of course, there's a lot of repeating for each character. Like I said, like we have 48 characters with potentially like eight different proof cards for each. Right. Uh, but then we have a, like a lot of photo art, uh, quality control samples as well. So it's it's still mixed in in a good way, I think. But that was a real task to to not like repeat yourself too much but in the, the text. But the real question, and Steve and I have been talking about this, we basically text each other about this every day. Is there going to be dialogues, Matthias? <laughs> the whole book is going to be dialogue. <laughs> like, it's so much cheaper to print that way. No, are, are, is there going to be anything in this book about... There's nothing in the first book about dialogues, I assume because nothing exists oh. in Star Wars era. Is there anything about dialogue sheets in the Chromalyn Strikes Back, Matthias? I need to ask no, you, okay? No? Nothing. Unfortunately... <laughs> Oh my like, God, Steve. Forget it. Don't buy. Do not buy. This is official. Unrecommend right here. <laughs> you have to wait until like 2035 when we do vehicles. Right. Then there's uh, dialects out there for for uh, Empire vehicles. But I'm not aware of anything for um, for the figures. But hey, we got the color separation sheets. You got those? Okay, like... good. That, that was my next question, if you were going to go into color separation sheets, because you didn't go into those yep. in the original. Awesome. Definitely. So at least we have, I think there are like four different sets, but uh, that process is explained as well. And the ones where we are aware of, uh, they're in there, of course. Wow. And okay, so Steve, they're not gonna have dialogues, so it's sorry, uh, Sky. It's cool. I mean, no. just let me know, you know, if you ever do a Kickstarter. Have you used Steam one, one Sky for a, for a figure for a character? Yeah, I got, I got like, I got five, five, ten. I have five of them for uh, uh, the Empire card back. I got them for Chirpa and B Wing Pilot. They're pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool actually. I, I'll show you. My girlfriend in Canada, oh, well, she has them. With your images, just for that. I promise you that. Now, just for you. Now, are you going to do a deluxe box for all three of them when you finish all three? Oh, I sure hope so. 
because yeah. I'm saying yeah. like you could you could you could you could make you like because if you because now you've done two you have to do three right like you're either going to do one or three there's no way you're going to stop at two right so I'm you know to do you, four sky <laughs> no way you you can't you you can't forget about power of the force androids and Ewoks that's true wow yeah 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 so <laughs> at least at, at least four and then then and when I'm old and tired I'm going to do vehicles as well <laughs> we'll see how 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 tired Ben are of me after this one and if he ever wants to write more uh, but I think so uh, but yeah now for the Kickstarter for the new proof uh, at one level you got like a cassette uh, like what did you call it a binder kind of thing yeah, like a uh, a case. Okay, yeah. So we do like you know the uh, hardcover tomarts. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 So for uh, the highest level uh, in the Kickstarter campaign, so that's being produced right now, also in like some kind of fabric and Mylar silver printed on it. So, but that's only for one book. But uh, that is going to look awesome. You know, I really so, should have well, done that Kickstarter, Matthias. I didn't even I didn't even think about it. I just kind of thought, oh, I already I already got the book, but now I kind of regret it because I I really enjoyed this. Uh, one thing I'd say is that this book really, if there's a lot of new collectors out there who ever feel like they just don't know things, uh, this is really valuable. This will really teach you a lot, and I imagine the new one will too. But but I th- I hope so. that was surprised me the most when when I released the first one. I imagine like so few proof card collectors out there but like the whole community really liked it no matter if you collect proof cards or not because it's like it really is a historical glimpse into the old school way of uh, producing uh, packaging design and history into like everyone loves all the cards and card backs and being a carded figure collector and everything and here here you really get the histor- historical part of it as well. And people really like that. So that surprised me the most. And uh, looking at the pre-orders right now, there's a lot of a lot of different collectors and people uh, buying it. So I'm very happy Wait, about so that. Wait, you so can, you can pre-order The Chromon Strikes Back by Ben Sheehan, yeah. Ron Salvatore, and to a lesser extent, Matthias Rendell? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then, then I, I and when when will it be released, Matthias? That's the piece of information uh, that we want to. Know. So yeah, I uh, mid to late November. Wow, Wait, but that's really soon. That's very soon. Yeah, it is soon. That's why I have the pre-order open. Well, I sort of thought uh, it was going to be like uh, a thing, like you pre-order it and you're going to be like, you know, it should ship. You know, what with COVID and all, 2042. <laughs> I, I'm not Todd Randall. Yes. <laughs> in production. All right, well, in in that case, feels... uh, I, I guess I should. I'm going to look this up now. Chromalin Strike. Hey, do you always spell Chromalin with an H too, Steve? Chromalin Strikes Back. I'm just going <laughs> to click on that here. So, see, can I even buy it here? Happybeeps.net? Is that where we're going here? Is this where we find it? That was, was a Google search? Yeah, Google search. Yeah, I found it. What the hell is happybeeps.com? Where do I even find this thing? 
what is it? A Deer Valley or? Uh, uh, Deerpublications.se. Deerpublications.se. Okay. Okay, that doesn't come up. Deer Publications. D E A R. Right. Publications.se. Okay, so, so I go to Deer Publications, D E A R Publications.se. And then there's Chromeland Search. It says now it's available for pre order. So there yeah. you go. Nice. It says buy books. I'm not going to buy a new proof. I am going to buy Chromeland Strikes Back. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. And the price, Steve? Do you, know, do you know the price? Do you want to play Market Watch with the price? I, I, I can't play the game. I'm already looking at it. <laughs> okay, well, well how, about what, how about what you think it should cost based on the amount of information it contains? Well, I'd, I'd say what you listed as a, as a bargain, Matthias. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely a bargain at 65. Uh, are those kronas or dollars? Uh, dollars. Okay, that's Thank an even better God. deal because I mean, even 65 <laughs> kronas is like that's like more than 50 kronas. So, okay, awesome. Well, I am going yeah. to I'm going to purchase this I, I right now while Sweden. while we're interviewing you, uh, Steve. Why don't you ask a question? Because I got I got to buy this thing right now. <laughs> got to put in my email. Uh, so <laughs> I, you said you <laughs> okay, interviewed Tim Tim Eckholt. Did you have late to follow him? Or you're in uh, guys in the yeah, heart. yeah, it's it's too late because uh, we got the the uh, the debates coming up, and I have to actually ever uh, I have to like ever edit this thing, and I haven't even started yet. So the good oh, thing is we we I, didn't I, hear from from Ben last time, so we'll stitch you two together. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! This yeah, he is crazy. he talked about uh, basement bounty hunters. So sweet. Um, yes, because that just happened to be a question that we had. Um, <laughs> Okay, one to two books. Twenty dollars shipping. Now I should say that. So yeah. But the thing is, that's not a bad deal for shipping from Sweden. Contacting yeah. PayPal. Review and purchase. Here we go, Matthias. The book is now ordered. If you're listening to this and you want to play along, you should order it too. We don't like advertise or whatever. You know, we've only had a couple people come on here and try to sell things. The first person uh, was um, was of course Mortarheads. Um, and then the second person was, of course, the, the Imperial Commissary Convention. So I think between those two things lies The Chromeland Strikes Back by Matthias Rendall. Oh, I'm honored, guys. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to ask, Steve? Steve? No, Steve just disappeared. Steve. <laughs> Ghosted us. He did. And he's buying one as well. Uh, yeah. So, do you know? Do you know uh, one thing that's in the book? Have you seen the sample pages, uh, Sky? Uh, yes, you sent one sample page to me, and what what was it? Oh, that, that I like I, I posted uh, some more. Like you're okay. I'm going to tell you now. Okay. Like you know that you're a contributor with with all the Chewbacca proofs and stuff. Yes. Um, and your you on your on your business card you can now write hand model because your hands are in there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I'm a finger jockey. This yeah you are. This is amazing because the thing is, is we talk about this, but you know another great piece of vintage uh, uh, you know history and lore is the movie Plastic Galaxy by Brian Stillman. And very few people know, except for anyone who ever talks to me, the hands holding the toys on the front 
of that DVD are in fact my son's oh, hands. Oh, that's right. So, so we are now. How can I forgot? <laughs> you said that like hundreds of a times. Thousand times. So, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell my son. I'm like, we're both finger jockeys, boy. Ah, yeah. Awesome. This time your 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 name is uh, in the caption below the. It's it's when you're holding the back Cromlins at Kellerman's place. All oh, right. Oh my gosh, that's right. So you got a picture. You sent me that picture. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So so then that's a picture of when uh, we had the second ever meeting of the California Vintage Collectors Club, and it's a good thing that that Steve's phone got disconnected because he wasn't there at that meeting either, and that's the only one he ever he didn't go to, and that was where John Kellerman was there, and he brought all of his chromolins that he didn't sell yet, and he had seriously, Matthias, just a binder of one-of-a-kind chromolins that he was trying to sell for a thousand dollars a piece and nobody was buying myself included the original back for the 47 for the 48 backs the original back for the 65 backs all one-of-a-kind like key items that were used throughout the entire run in beautiful sparkling we were just sitting there like would you sign my book <laughs> yeah it's, it's great i was so close to buy them and when I finally like, okay, I'm going to buy. Once I had these like back chromolins because like they're so rare, and there are only like three out there for Empire Strikes Back. And uh, when I when I wrote to John, he said like, "Man, you just missed them," and he had them like for ages. Wow. Then I said like, "Okay, I take the Leia chromolins, which he still had for two K a pop." And it was like, no, you can't. And like, I, I sold them yesterday. Oh, wow. Dang. Well, yeah. I, I think that's a good so sign hand that, model. that Steve's gone. I'm a hand model. And, uh, and don't, don't be a fool like I was. You know, you got you to gotta buy these things when you can have them. You never know when Matthias is going to sell out. So I would, uh, I would get on your books. I'd, I'd buy them. And uh, thanks for coming on. Next time we'll have you on, we'll be talking about something else. I mean, we've got so many Ewoks coming up. Uh, in terms of like, in terms of Jedi figures, so that's oh, good. But so looking forward to it. But but I have to get ready to watch the debate and eventually edit this goddamn thing, which was supposed to come out uh, October fifteenth. But um, seeing as I haven't started editing it, uh, I think I hopefully will finish editing this episode before your book is shipped. <laughs> so yeah, well, let's hope there's not a civil wars, uh, civil war before yes. that. So good luck with the. <laughs> debates and the election and everything all right cool oh wait you're not steve i just came back oh my god Um, dude this has been an interesting event you know evening here how did you get back i don't know i i just uh, just showed up in time for the credits to roll yeah It's the way this thing goes, you know. That's the way it goes. But hey, like in, at least in, I could say goodnight. <laughs> it's like in Spinal Tap when uh, when he's locked inside of the pod, and the other guys come out of the pod, and they're all playing, and then they finally get him out, and he comes out, and they all go back in the pod, and then he runs into the pod, and it closes on him. That's exactly <laughs> that, what just happened. That's what this is. All right, cool. Well, yeah. we're, we're we're done. I'll tell you what we talked about later, Steve. But we're gonna say goodbye okay. to Matthias now. Yeah. All right. Have, have so much, much guys, for having me on. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to hear it. Unit 16, Health Matters. Unit 16, Activity A. Some foreign guests are staying in a hotel at Kopanik. But now yeah. we're going to call some, some young bucks. Some young bucks from the south. Uh, Jason, TK, Sparrow, 
I don't know what his last name is, but he's an emperor collector and a, and a guy who's very vocal online. And um, and Justin Haney, who we've had on a couple times. Yes, Jason and Justin. All right, Steve, I'm, I'm finally with my people. I'm with my emperor people. None of this yes. B-wing pilot. Yeah. Uh, so, so first of all, let's let's talk to Jason, who we've never had on the show before. I don't know your last name because I only know your Facebook name as being TK Sparrow. So we'll just call you Jason TK. How's it going, Jason? Oh, pretty good. My last name's Kane, by the way. Oh, Kane. Maybe I did know that. Maybe, huh? That's weird. I, I feel like that that makes sense to me. But okay, so we got him, and then we have apparently just twenty minutes away. Uh, Justin was telling me is Justin Haney. How's it going, Justin? Doing well, guys. How, how are you guys? We're doing great. Um, I, yeah. I, I've been thinking a lot about Georgia lately, so that's kind of cool. Yeah? Yeah, well, because, um, I mean, first of all, uh, there's you guys, your club is doing amazing things, and it's super awesome, and that's awesome to see. And then um, your baseball team is beating up Steve's baseball team, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, and then I, I reviewed, uh, I have a YouTube channel where I do new music, and I reviewed uh, 21 Savage and Brent Cobb. And, like, one's like a country musician the other's like a rapper and it's like the vitality of georgia in like two albums and i'm i just feel really cool like i feel like georgia is an awesome place so i was i was gonna say that that pretty much sums up georgia in a nutshell uh, musically <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. the rapper and the country artist that's go 20 minutes one way 20 minutes the opposite direction i mean you're gonna run into one or the other so yeah and that's just you know there's a lot of real cultural power there then it often gets overlooked so uh, very very happy to be talking about that, but mainly we want to talk about the emperor um, because this is really exciting um, to be talking about the emperor. We've been talking a lot, so why don't we start with uh, with with Justin? What what got you into collecting the emperor? H how do you collect the emperor? Why? Why? Yeah. So it's my wife. I, I have to say she's got an affinity for the for the dark side for the bad guys. <laughs> okay. So it was it was our first. Uh, our first celebration and um, she knew it. I had been collecting Han and Leia stuff and there was a power of the force emperor piece. This was probably the first Orlando, however many years ago that was. Okay. And uh, okay. yeah. And so we're at, we, we, I didn't even know what room sales were and we were hanging out at the hotel bar as you do. And somebody mentions it. We go through room sales. There's a power of the force emperor sitting there. She was like, I want it. I mean, back in that time, it was probably, I don't even know, very cheap. I'm sure. And, um, yeah, picked it up and she was like, you know, I really like this. I kind of, you know, kind of want to get into it. I kind of want to keep this going. And so it was just kind of a, 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 a love affair with, with, with picking up, you know, the Han and Leia being the good side, you know, complement that with the dark side with, with picking up Emperor it started off innocently and, and now it's grown to epic proportions. That, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that's funny. Cause that we were talking about that earlier that, that I definitely collect Chewbacca and I consider that to be one side of my personality and the Emperor to be the other. And uh, I, I wonder if that's inherent. Is, do you have a similar thing, Jason? Is that kind of how you got into it too, or, or is there a less uh, sort of mystical side to it? I don't know. I guess I've just been uh, drawn to the bad guys for so long. Um, I feel like they ultimately have cooler costumes than the good guys. Right. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where I got started. Well, it's funny, though, because often when people collect bad guys, they just go for the stormtroopers or they go for the go for vader i always think it's funny because right. a lot of people collect bad guys but they don't collect the best bad guy the most interesting bad guy the true bad guy you know the, the, the well, sort I, of, feel, yeah. I, I feel like a, 
I'm sorry. I feel like uh, without him, where would the Star Wars story be? Um, right. Because he's ultimately behind so much of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, wow. So that, that that's that's really cool. So neither of you, because I mean, I think you guys are probably. It's hard to tell in this hobby, but I, was, I get the sense that you guys are maybe younger. I I have this feeling that there's going to be a lot more Emperor collectors as time goes on with like people who have a connection to the prequels. And do you also have a connection to the prequels? Or are you kind of like Steve and you hate the prequels and think everyone who likes them is garbage? That's that's not completely accurate. <laughs> Just thrown right under the bus. I like yeah. it. That's, um, uh, I live under the bus. <laughs> Sky bus. Yeah, I, I would guess I'm probably, you know, probably the youngest here amongst the group. So, I mean, I definitely have a fondness for the, for the prequels and, and, you know, that that's, transferred into the the emperor collecting the transferring into modern stuff and, and palpatine figures and things of that nature so yeah I, I i celebrate the entire collection right yeah and i i think i do i mean i i don't have that many palpatine things and they used to be really inexpensive up until some people in georgia started buying them as well but uh <laughs> but you know like there's because the thing is is that there's like a thing about modern toys where like people are drawn to the vintage figures, like the vintage characters in modern toys. And I think right. in time that will be seen as a mistake. Like it's a better idea to get, uh, you know, a, a Jar Jar figure than it is to get a Grand Moff Tarkin or a, or whatever, or, or a old Obi-Wan figure in the modern line, you know? Cause like, like, like a, a, a prototype of Sidious or a prototype of Senator Palpatine, that's like the first prototype of that character that you can have. I don't know, that's right. That, that's a theory on, on modern collecting. Um, and another thing that I think we really wanted to, to catch on, I think, I think Steve, we should do a sort of double lightning round, seeing as it's yes. Uh, but we should have yes. it just be about the emperor. So we'll get to that later. We'll get to more kind of specific okay. questions. But I wanted to provide some like research and reflection um, because I I've never collected the sixty five C back. Steve, do you know which one that is? That's the emperor offer. Yes. Yeah. Now, Steve, do you know how many characters are available on a 65 Seaback? I am not sure the, the exact number, if there's a weird twist there, but um, I imagine we, we, we will uh, disclose that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really know how to not answer a question. I had no idea, yeah. <laughs> and I just looked it up. And, and, and so what I've done is that um, – so, Jason, you've been putting this one together. Have you, are, are you close to completing, or have you completed it? Uh, I think I need uh, about 11 more. Okay. Um, I believe there's 34, four of those being Canadian. Okay. Um, so okay. I think I'm missing two Canadians and eight to nine uh, regular U.S. Kenner. Wow. So that, I mean, that's a really insanely good run. And I had no idea that there was only 34. I was only when yeah, I was doing research yeah. for this. And uh, and what's fun is that I don't know, Steve. Jeffrey Hunter is a collector. You know, one of the things that we like to do on the show is talk about people who were like there before we got started. And like Jeffrey Hunter still shows up, but I don't know how actively he collects. I know I've seen him in a couple, but he used to put, he put together a 65 Seaback run, but I don't know if he still has it, but he, he did a limelight of it in May, 2005. And I was on Rebel Scum at that point, but I was, I was too t shy to comment on the thread. <laughs> I see it and I, I remember reading it. And he like drops all this knowledge 
about like there's only 34 characters and which ones are the rarest. So I'm curious, like from your experience, Jason, what, what have been the hardest ones for you to track down? Uh, uh, Vader took um, a, quite a while to get a hold of. Um, I still haven't acquired Boba Fett yet. Yeah. Um, I heard from some other car- car- uh, collectors like uh, Dennis, from Bespin Prime, mm-hmm. I think he attempted to do this run at one time, and he said uh, the Tie Fighter was really hard for him to get, which I got rather easily. Huh. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if the ones that I don't have yet are necessarily hard to get. It's just maybe I haven't came across them at the right time yet. Well, that's the fun thing about these kinds of runs is. Sometimes you get ones that are really rare and don't even know it. And then like people mm-hmm. tell you, like the, the 21 back run, everyone knows the Stormtrooper is impossible, but the Jawa is actually pretty hard to find too. And I bought that at Celebration 4 maybe for like 50 bucks. And I just got it. I was like, whatever. And like there was a time where I had wow. four different people sending me messages saying like, Sky, are you going to sell that? Jeez, uh, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if four people weren't asking me, I might have sold it. But now I know it's really rare. I won't get it back again. Uh, well, uh, according to this old thread, you know, this, Steve, 15 years. 15 years. 15 years oh. ago thread. The rarest Matt. ones were Squidhead, Reese, and Vader. That those are the, like, those are the, the three hardest ones to find. So do you, do you have the uh, Squidhead and Reese, uh, Jason? I do not have those two yet. Well, there you go. So now I need to be especially on the lookout for those. Yeah. Wait, no, I do have reuse. I do have reuse. Oh, nice. Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty that's a relief you have a reuse. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, That's a relief there. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you, but it seems so squid that, head, huh? that, that squid head is the hardest. That's the one that, that seems that's, to be. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have guessed that. I, I just, it's funny how that, that just happens with random characters sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it is just a great offer too. I mean, it's, I don't know. It may be the most visually appealing besides like the starbursts, you know, like I really love the starburst ones, the 21 and the, and the 41, but just having his little head down there and having him look at right. you. And, yeah. You know, and, it, and it's like doesn't one it, of the only ones where it's actually printed on the card back. Right. Right. And it doesn't so obscure the characters. The same spot every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think one of the most interesting things about the 65 C and what also kind of lends maybe not to the rarity, but to the value, is that most of the alternate images debuted on the 65C. Right, right. So, so that, that makes, like, you know, focus collectors, I mean, um, you know, things of that nature. I think uh, Scott Chewy, he came on to 77, though, right? Or no, he is a 65 as well. Yeah, yeah he's on 65. Yep, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's that Vader is a 77. I can't remember. Maybe that's why Vader's so rare, because his alternate image didn't come out till the 77. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's true. That, that that I mean, the the weird thing is, and this is going to sound super snobby, but the so I have the sixty five proof of of the Chewy, and there's a lot like there's like one or two of most of the sixty five back like production like proof cards. Um, I remember I bought that proof card for six hundred dollars, and someone told me I was robbed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, one of a kind Chewbacca proof card. I got robbed, but then I have a chromalin of the of an offerless 
chewy. So it's weird because I sort of thought that maybe the Chromalin would be more attached to the debut card back than it would mm -hmm. to like the second one. But maybe, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, Matthias was, a, we tried to call Matthias and he was asleep. So uh, he would be able to answer that for us. But yeah, yeah, it has the it has the second image of uh, of Han, second image of Chewie. Yeah, it's it's really maybe this was sort of like the turning point for Kenner, where they were sort of getting into the sort of back end of the Jedi line. That is how it seems. And I I, I love the I love card back runs like this where they're kind of possible. I mean, thirty four is a lot of figures, and it's really impressive what you've done, Jason. But at least there's not like two or three of them where there's like one of a kind or you won't get it or it's not really clear how many there are. You know, I, I really, uh, it seems like it's a it's a very nice and kind of fun attainable run to put together. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird when I, uh, I guess what spurred it, it was like, I'm kind of new to the vintage um, part of the community. And uh, once I finished my loose run, I was kind of like, okay, where do I go now? And I was like, well, I like the Emperor. So, it makes sense to try to do the 65 C run. And Narayan was like, I don't know, maybe you should try to pick something a little easier. And Justin's like, no, go for it, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's all. That's why it's good to have a friend like Justin, because that is absolutely the right piece of advice. Like, but no, it's hard. Go for it. Who cares? You know, like you'll, right. You'll, you'll do something of, of, uh, of importance, you know, cause that's, I mean, it is a hard thing to do, but you weren't saying like, I'm going to get all the double telescoping lightsabers, you know, like it's not right. It, it's something that's if for a newer vintage collector, and I'd kind of put this out there for anyone who doesn't, you know, who feels like they want to get into it more doing a run like that is great because you're going to be like exposed, like you have to be really on it in a whole bunch of different areas and there's not that much information out there and you have to do a lot of searching and I think you, you learn a lot by either focusing on a character or a card back like there's. It's a, I think it's it's a, it's a good way to go. So we have the Emperor uh, Canadian offer, Steve. How many Canadian Emperor offer figures do you think there are? I feel like you. We may have even asked this question of ourselves within the last couple of months, and I've have already we? forgotten. Yeah, we probably uh, have. Yeah, it it's can't it can't be many though, right? It has to be a handful. It's, it's four. It's yeah, four. that's right. Okay. And they're everyone's favorite characters. You got you got <laughs> yeah. Nikto. Well, you got Fruit Face. <laughs> You got proof yeah, face. I knew, I knew proof face was one of those. I think I had one of those at one point. <laughs> you got Klaatu Skiff. Klaatu. Oh, yeah. Who's the fourth? Um, eighty-eight. It's a droid. It's That's a droid. right. Uh, okay. Yep. It's AT8. Now the the thing is, I can't really laugh yep. at it because I love Canadian offers because it just means more French language stuff. Uh, but so so you're saying that those are available only on the Canadian figures and not in American. No, no. Uh, well, yes. As far as far as the '65 run goes, um, they're not part of uh, the U.S. '65 run. Okay. That is just weird. I just don't. Yeah, get so like there's not a U.S. and a Canadian prune face '65. Right. Okay, so there it's like 30 plus those four then. Is that right? right? Okay. Yeah. Wow, weird. What a weird, yeah, selection. Because that's the <laughs> same always... thing with the power of the force thing, right? Where there's just like right. four of them that are only in Australia and like everyone goes crazy over them. Yeah, it, it's funny how that breaks down with these, yeah, obscure characters. All right, so I think, I think Steve, I think probably the thing to do is just have a super extended lightning round, a Soviet <laughs> lightning round. Yes. Where, where yes. so the first question, 
Very simple. What is your favorite bad line of dialogue from a Star Wars movie? Uh, I, I know <laughs> what mine is, and, and I can't remember the character, but it's from uh, episode one. And I just the, the, the unintentional rhyming always kills me. Mm. Um, negotiations. We've lost all communications. <laughs> <laughs> that one just gets me every time. It takes me completely uh. out of because yeah. that's an example of, oh, you know, Lucas just, just does one take and then moves, oh, this is good enough. Like, yeah. the, the person must have, like, thought about that line and played it over in their head and be like, okay, however I say it, I can't make it rhyme too much because it's this really stupid line. <laughs> and then he says it, like, cut. No, no, can I say it again? Uh, that's, uh, it's Ron's favorite, right? Isn't that C.O. Bibble, the, yeah, the, the Santa Claus-looking guy? That's, that's the one, yeah. I just imagine everybody else in that scene looking around, like, with this weird look on their face, like, did he really just go into that? Okay, I guess, oh, if we're going to work with it? All right, let's go. All right, and uh, how about how about you, Jason? Man, I'm totally drawing a blank. I do not know. Okay, well, we, well, we, we, we often people think of it later, because it, yes. cause, cause the thing is, is that it's... It, the joke isn't that Star Wars is bad, or even that Star no. Wars dialogue is bad, no, but it's it's, it's really fun to just take some of these lines out of context. You know, one I'll say, I say it every single episode: "Pilot land over there by that assembly area." Like that's not even a bad line, but if you just say it enough, it's so funny. <laughs> okay, uh, so Steve, which which is our next question? Is it the is it the Holy Grail question? Yeah, sure. Let, let's go for a general collecting, so. yeah. a general collecting Holy Grail, and then an Emperor Holy Grail, and they might be the same. Right. Yeah, uh, general collecting Holy Grail uh, has always been the quick fire uh, concept mock-up on Solo and Greedo set. Ah. Uh, so similar to the Indiana Jones that came out later, right? But the the same like quick quick fire action arm. That's always been been high high on my list, and I was actually lucky enough to get uh, a good friend customizer. To uh, make me up a set that's that's similar, um, basically just a mashup of the the Indiana Jones and the Han figure. Okay, so <laughs> so how about how about you, uh, Jason? Do you have like a, a a general hobby grail, or um, I guess it's now the Squid Head? But yeah, um, <laughs> well, if uh, if we were talking outside of the Emperor, I would really love to own a uh, Meccano Square Cap square card leia one day oh, nice. um and then just uh, because it's nice or is there any kind of sort of emotional reason there, i just or? really love that card for some reason um and kind of like uh coincidentally leia is kind of one of my second focus characters if you could only save one item from your collection and we'll do it the same way. You can only save one item in general, or you can only save one item that's an emperor item. Uh, what would be the thing? I don't know what kind of natural disasters befall Georgia, um, besides the Union Army. So, um, I, what what natural disasters do you guys have down there? Like hurricanes? Well, tornadoes this past weekend. Okay. Apparently. Okay. So so let's say a tornado is coming, and you can let's only go with have tornado. one one item. Uh, what what would it be? Sorry. Who's going first, Justin? I, I just keep thinking of like rednecks as a natural disaster. That's <laughs> okay. all that's going through my brain. <laughs> um, okay, fine. So a bunch of rednecks <laughs> circle, circle your, your house and they say, come on out. We're going to take everything. You can take one item with you. The rest goes in yeah. the truck. Yeah. So, so for me, the Emperor item, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, this is a vintage podcast, but it would be the very first modern uh, prototype piece my wife and I picked up. So, oh, that's um, awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. So it was um, uh, the Millennium Minted series. You know, the, there was like a, like I think six or seven figures that came on stands, and they had like a uh, a recast of the the Power of the Force coin, but then on the back it said I think just like Power of the Force two or something. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, we picked up an all black uh, with clear lightning bolt. Um, just a, a first shot. Um, but yeah, yeah, no color at all. No, no painting on it at all. And, uh, yeah, that was like the first, that's what started the crazy world of, of the emperor slash Palpatine slash Sidious, um, modern prototype collecting for us. So, uh, really it started modern prototype collecting for us, period. That was the very first modern uh, pre-production piece I got. So a few Jason, uh, even though it's uh, kind of a paired-up uh, figure with a card back, I probably would go with my Lily Letty Emperor um, as far as my Emperor items go. Oh, cool. So and that a, was yeah. just because that was kind of like my first foreign piece that I got. Right. And that's just a, a card back with the figure? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a sealed one for sale. And I like it because it's the Chief Turpa accessory but black. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah the repurposed cane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or, you know, just the emperor's right before the, the the confrontation, he just goes down and just messes up an Ewok and takes his cane. <laughs> <laughs> like that's where he actually got the cane from. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, the 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 final the final question is the is the most complicated one to answer and I often have to edit out silence because it takes people a long time to figure out the answer to this question and that is if you were a vintage Star Wars item what would you be? Not what would you want to be but what item do you think actually encapsulates your soul and yourself? My first inkling was a bop bag but I'm okay. not sure which one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why, why would you say a bop bag? Um... Yeah, I don't know. This is a this is a deep question, Sky. It is. And I've listened to every episode of the podcast that you you would have thought that <laughs> you would have ready. prepared. Yeah. Hmm, that's tough. Jason, you got anything? I wanted to say Bosk, but then I was like, why would I say Bosk? Okay. Uh, well, well, why would you say? I think Bosk and a bot bag are both good answers. I think maybe what we'll do is we'll do the market watch game, and then at the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let you, me, let me, yeah, let me. You, you can you can cogitate on that. So, Steve, do you I have don't a market watch super, game for us? I do, and I, I, what I realize is as this conversation went on, is that Sky, you might be in big trouble. I'm in huge <laughs> trouble. These are two active emperor collectors. And I'm just, you know, some old fuddy-duddy who's, you know... Just go off the prices you used to buy the Emperor pieces. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'll, you'll be great. You'll, you'll, uh, be, you'll be fine. I'll be great. All right, Steve. I like where this is. One dollar flicks. Market watch. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think All they, right. they might have even looked up for an Emperor item. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I know some of this might have some of this might already be in their collection. You yeah. never know. Um, all right, so uh, what what we've got? We've got five uh, vintage emperor items. Um, these are all uh, past sales on on eBay. So uh, the goal is uh, each of you will will write down what you think it sold for, and whoever's closest gets that point. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. The first item. Uh, this is a carded 
Return of the Jedi Emperor, but this is one of those ones that was sent out from Kenner with a little apology letter for being delayed. So this is one of those kind of beat up, mangled Return of the Jedi figures that has the 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 Kenner apology letter along with um, some micro uh, Hoth troopers. So oh my God. Uh, Wait, this this was for sale recently. This this was this doesn't it doesn't have the envelope, but it has the letter, the carded figure, and the little stapled um, bag of. See, micro see, this is why you check eBay. I would have bought that. <laughs> okay, I have to. I have to put down my number here. All right, I have right. my number. Sky, what, what do you, what do you have, Sky? Two hundred and fifty. Okay, what do you have, Justin? Twelve seventy-five. What was it? Twelve seventy-five. Okay. And what about you, uh, Jason? Nine fifty. Ooh, bargain! Two hundred and forty-nine ninety-nine. I win. Oh my god! Wow. I mean, yeah. Wow, Sky. All right. All right. Well, you guys still have plenty of time to 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 just stomp all over him. You still got four more things to go. Yes. Uh, all right. Up next, uh, we've got as just mentioned a lot of these things we were just talking about. So we have a loose Lily Letty emperor figure with his uh stolen chief chirpa <laughs> uh, staff <laughs> uh it's it's loose it's not graded or anything but it is complete um and it looks to be in, in decent condition and that's i think that's about all i can say a loose so, lily lady i have no idea what that would go for <laughs> okay i i have my number all I'm right in. okay sky what do you what do you have? uh Ninety-four dollars. Okay. What about you, Justin? Eighty-three. Eighty-three. Okay. And uh, Jason? I was going to go eighty. Eighty. All right. Eighty-eight seventy-seven. So wow, that is that sky again. Yeah, sky is again. It? Oh my god, <laughs> wow. this is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm Dale uh, Murphy, y'all. All right. For the record, though, on that first item. <laughs> I've seen two of those letters alone sell for over six hundred dollars. So whoever got wow. that lot got it in a steal. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's I cool. lost one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wow. wow! So all three all of right. us really regret not not buying that <laughs> for two hundred and however much it was. Yeah, that was an absolute steal. It was a bargain. <laughs> all right. Um, up next, we've got a. A Dutch clipper carded emperor. So this is, uh, it's got the little front front end offer that wraps around on the back. Um, let's see, it's not graded. Um, the bubble looks to be in good shape, but yellow cards in nice shape. Other than that, yeah, it looks pretty good, but not graded. So Dutch clipper 77 back emperor. Hmm. I don't know anymore. I just throw numbers out there and I think I'm wrong and I'm right. So I'm just going to say this number. I'm gonna say right, I'm gonna say two hundred dollars, because two hundred. No okay. one's paying anything. Apparently, you can be an awesome emperor collector still, and nothing's worth yeah. anything. <laughs> all right, um, all right, Justin, what do you think? Three thirty-three. All right, and what about you, Jason? An even three. Even three. Ooh, three hundred and thirty-six. So that Justin just just took one there. So. Wow. All right, well, very close. Um, yeah, and this this uh, yeah, this is a nice piece. That's, that's nice. a that's a tough that's a tough one there. The um, in nice condition. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah like th this one's in pretty good shape aside from the, the usual, you know, our typical yellow bubble. It otherwise looks pretty good. Yeah. All right. So we've got a we got a we got a series here. We do. <laughs> Don't get too now. bitter, Steve. <laughs> All right. How um, many championships do you need, LA, right? <laughs> hey, come on. This is coming from a Boston fan. You guys have you've had, you've had enough. Oh god. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, uh, we, I, think, I don't know if we talked about it in this part of the show, but I know we've, we've alluded to it earlier, but this is the, uh, I think you described him as the, the frumpy Sigma Emperor statuette, a oh, little nice. ceramic figure from Sigma. <laughs> I'm holding on to so, it right now. I went and, and I'm holding it in my hand. Can you, can you yeah, glean its power, glean its power. Um, all right. So this is, it's, it's loose, but it looks to be in you know, fine shape and it's got the box. So, um, what do you think, Sky? Sorry, it's got two holes in the bottom. I'm trying to play it like a little flute. <laughs> um, the Frumpy Emperor. I don't know. You know, I'm just realizing, looking at the at the um, the top of the throne, it's like got a split in the middle, and it's kind of like the split in the Emperor's head. And I wonder if that's, that's on purpose. That's true. That's true. He's kind of like this guy of like evil symmetry. Um, okay. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> These are way undervalued. This should be worth thousands of dollars, but I'm going to guess $55. <laughs> 55. All right. All right. What do you what do you think, Justin? 22. 22. All right. And uh, what about you, Jason? 66. 66. Yes. Good good it's a good number. Good order, 66. 32. So hey, Justin's got another. We got. <laughs> oh my God! Is it is it only five? So we're now tied. You heard you two are now tied. So okay, I then, say you if, know what that's a, that Jay means, Jason. Jason. That gets means the last one. Yes, he gets the whole thing. So Jason, <laughs> this is what's called the, the the last shot makes it. So you can win just by getting this last one. So we're we're gonna <laughs> All see. All right. So uh, this last one, I don't think we've talked about this yet on the episode. So uh -oh. this is the. The creepy as hell Don Post Emperor mask from uh, 1983. Uh, uh, it's got the box. The, the mask is not uh, you know, incredibly shriveled or anything. It looks to be in pretty good shape. This is that one that has um, the kind of cloth robe or you know, hood for the robe, I believe. Uh, and the box looks good. Uh, he looks nice and fresh. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so all right. Don Post Emperor mask from 1983. Does he really look fresh, though? Yeah. <laughs> is he really not shriveled? <laughs> you know, the, I'm trying to give him a little bit of uh, uh, credit These here. the least you know. accurate Emperor descriptions ever. <laughs> uh, I Okay, I just have no idea. I think Jason might end up taking this. Um, so I am going to... You know, I, in order to beat Jason, I have to be Jason. I'm going to say sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. Damn it! <laughs> okay. All right, Justin. What do you think? Uh, one ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. All right. Uh, and Jason. All right. I'm going to go eighty-three this time. Eighty-three. All right. Good. Another lucky number. Two hundred and ninety-nine. So, Justin takes it <laughs> wow that's awesome i've never even yeah i i saw i saw one of those and i'm like i'm never going to own that i don't want that in my house <laughs> i don't need yeah, that kind it, of juju considered a, a cursed object yeah <laughs> but, they yeah. are creepy looking yeah that's for sure. he, he, they somehow made the emperor creepier um 
Yeah, the th- thought of children walking around with this on is is it's it's disturbing. But <laughs> have you thought more about the question as to why you are a bot bag and why you are Bosk? Because <laughs> that's the best answer to give your first answer and then have to figure out. Yeah, why. I think I can. Yeah. I think I can suss through and work out the the bot bag thing. Okay, tell um, me. Unpa- unpack it. Yes. Unpack it, of course. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I would be the Darth Vader bot bag. Okay. You know, it's Star Wars branded on the surface, fun, enjoyable to- toy. You know, uh-huh. you br- you bring it out at parties. Everyone uh, has a good time, gets to know it. But but deep down, uh, you know, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And and there's a little dark side. There. Hmm. All right. So yeah. that's yeah, that's why we went with the with Vader and not not Chewbacca. Right. Or the other various characters. Awesome. All right. And do do you have a Vader bot bag? I don't, but I think maybe I should get on eBay here shortly after this chat. <laughs> I, I think you should. I, I think you should track it down. And when people yeah. when and when people ask you, you know, what what is this, and you just say it's a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. So uh, how about how about you, uh, Jason? Have you figured out why you're a boss, or have you changed your answer? Uh, no, I think I'm going to stay with that guy. I think, uh, I don't know. He's just kind of, uh, you don't really, I don't know. You don't think a whole lot about him. He doesn't have a whole lot of screen time. He doesn't really, he doesn't really say very much. And that kind of matches my personality, which coincidentally, it's really odd that I chose Jack Sparrow to be a costume <laughs> thing to do, but, uh, cause it's not really like my normal self, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stay with Bosk and just, he's a kind of a silent in the background kind of character, but he's still pretty awesome. Yeah. Awesome. This has been, this has been fun. You guys thank, thanks again yeah, so thanks. much. Awesome. Well, guys. Yeah. I really do appreciate you guys taking the time and, and thinking of us and inviting us. And it's been awesome. It's been fun. Yeah. Super fun. That was awesome. This is a fun episode. Um, uh, the fantasy baseball season ended. Oh, yeah. Right. And it was legitimately my goal to finish worse than you. Like, it's impossible. It's I impossible. was so bad. I didn't invest any time in it. I don't know any players. I don't know Yusmero Petit from my butt. But, like, somehow <laughs> I finished, like, eighth. And you finished lower than me, so I don't I don't yeah. know what it is, but uh, no, I don't either. It's it's a it's a mystery that'll that'll never really be solved. I don't think. I, no matter how hard you try to, <laughs> if you ever tried this again, it just wouldn't work. It, yeah. it just won't. So don't. Might as well just try and enjoy it next time. <laughs> it was like we we did a uh, um, uh, when you do the Pinewood Derby for the Boy Scouts for the Cub Scouts. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you get a prize if you go the fastest, but you also get a prize if you're the slowest. And so <laughs> my son tried to win the slowest, but he uh-huh. accidentally made it and was the second fastest. It was like so frustrating because it was like uh, yeah. he was trying to do it as slow as he possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I always think of, um, I, I'm sure I've said this before, but uh, the, the one time I tried to ski as a child, um, all the, all the kids got scorecards, you know, and mine, um, the only feedback I got was awesome wipeouts and that, that was it. Everyone else had some kind of, so that that's when I, that's my approach to fantasy baseball. You know, I, 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 I tank it pretty, pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, next month is going to suck. It's, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, if it's beaming pilot, that's really cool. Um, 
so we'll we'll do that we'll look forward to getting you on the podcast and uh why, why don't you go uh, put your little one to sleep and that's, we'll, that's right we'll say wampa wampa adios but this star wars early bird certificate package is in stores with its colorful star wars picture display bag and certificate